Hey, everybody. Shut up, Brent. It's time to talk about Arcane <laughs> Act 2. This week on Anime in Review, we were talking about... No, I about... said shut up. We're talking about it right now. <laughs> we got a lot Arcane. to get through. <laughs> Act 2. <laughs> uh, yeah. I gotta, gotta finish Arcane... Well, the middle part of Arcane. Right. Act two. There's so much to talk about, Brent. There is so much to talk about. We really about. don't have time for you to be flapping those gums, buddy. I apologize. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah, if you if you haven't watched the first half, like why are you listening to the second half? What are you doing? That'd be really dumb. That would be very very dumb. Yeah, so go watch Arcane the in its entirety and then listen to the previous episode and then listen to this episode. Hell yeah. Yeah. Episode 4. Time jump. Happy progress day, Brent. Boom. So we've left. So uh, Powder is in the arms of Silco. Yep. Vi is being Taken away by an enforcer. Whisked away by Marcus. Marcus, the the jerk. The jerk. Vander is out. He's done. He's dead. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Jay, Jason and Victor have stabilized their magic MacGuffin. Super cool magic MacGuff. Hell yeah. Uh, so episode four um, starts with uh, Mr. Mr. Professor Heimerdinger. Um, getting ready for Progress Day, which is like an annual uh, yeah, celebration in, in Piltover. Uh, it's like a founding day. Uh, the city's turning 200 years old. A bicentennial. A bicentennial. Uh, a bicentennial. <laughs> um, and he, uh, Jace comes up and they, they have uh, another... This, it's like a running theme of people trying to like convince Jace what they want or what they think is right. Uh Heimendinger being the more conservative voice in Jace's head, um telling him the story of the hilarious named founder. What was it, it, it was like Humperdink Abathur. No, I just oh I just had it. Pididly? <laughs> Did I mess it up? What is it? Yeah, Padidly was his last Padidly? name. Yeah, Stan was it yeah. Stanley Padidly? <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. I'm talking about how he was a fair. He wasn't successful in science. Everything he he tried to invent or create was, you know, blew up, melted, whatever. Uh, but he put all that aside, uh, his own personal endeavors to build up the town and make sure the town was safe and successful. Uh, and he he's trying to, you know, temper Jace's ambition uh, with his inventions, his dream um, to say, you know. Put others before your your own selfish need. Um, he also tells him Jace is going to give the big speech. You got something to yeah. add there? I just we'll get to it. We can get we'll get to it later. I, Heimerdinger, I it's he's just like a a complex character for me because I like him so much. Yeah, and like he really feels that he really feels that archetype of the you know the white the the wise guy in the room, right? The wise and teacher ca- caution. Yeah. Right? Don't yeah. don't go too far. Don't go too hard. But there's a there's a better point to talk about it when Jace says exactly what I was thinking right when I was thinking it. So I'm that's, sorry. We'll get to it. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, no, but you're yeah, you're right. It's it's really it's neat because you you understand Heimerdinger's point, um, and you get to see like when he cautions things, you see the flashbacks to whatever catastrophe he is talking about, where uh, mages wreck some shit. Right. Um, so you know he's right, at least to some degree. 
But you can also see, like, Victor and Jace's point of view, like, when Heimerdinger says, caution, let's wait a few years. And they're like, years? Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, a decade is what he said, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tighten some screws, and in a decade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's actually coming up here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. But it's a blink in the eye for him, who is several centuries old. Uh, But it's, you know... For somebody like Victor, who is obviously sickly, or even Jace, who is a young man, but, you know, he's he's looking to do good now and not later. Right. Uh, but yeah, so Jace is told he's going to give the big uh, speech at the uh, Progress Day you know, party or whatever. Uh, and that's a big deal, because apparently Heimerdinger has given the past 199 speeches, I would presume. <laughs> yeah. However long they've been doing them. He's the founder. I mean, he is the guy. He's the yeah. founder. It's like if George Washington was still alive, you know. Just still kicking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a big deal. And, you know, Heimerdinger gives him some reassurances. You know, he's still, he is looking forward to, you know, all the advancements and new things that Jace has on the uh, on the docket. Um, we're shown uh, how Piltover has advanced. Uh, it's been, it doesn't outright say how long it's been, but it's been several years. Since the end of Act One, we're right. we're jumping ahead. So Buildover has become this bustling hub of you know research and art and culture because of the hex tech uh, that Jace has uh, come up with. Jace and Victor, uh, they invented the hex gate, is what they call it. Is this giant spire uh, that shoots airships across the globe? Yeah, and like I don't. So the way I just from context clues and the way I understand it, I'm curious if you think of it the same way. Is it like, so Piltover is essentially the only rest stop on the highway. It's kind of how I see it. Like, like all the hex gates lead to Piltover. I don't know. So like, if I wanted to go from like, if there's other hex gates in the world, I assume it's, you get to Piltover and then you go home. So you, everyone goes to Piltover and then you get shot home. Oh, Okay. Okay, see, so I kind of thought there were other hex gates, but no, you're you're probably right. At least at uh, this point, yeah. Okay, so you could get goods to other places quickly. No, but they yes. showed them coming from other places to Piltover through the hex gate. No, they didn't. They didn't? No, the, the only shot of the hex gate in use is a airship being shot away. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense then. That is... Okay. Yeah, that's... I'm, gl- I'm glad we had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I kind of thought, like, people took hex gates from, like... So, like, if I wanted to go from New York to Tokyo, I would be in New York, take the hex gate to Piltover, and then take another hex gate to Tokyo. But, it, yeah. So, what you're saying is, is just you just make a one-way trip to Piltover, and then it shoots you wherever you're going. Yes, and it, okay. it's, it's probably even advantageous for cities to just... Even if Piltover is out of the way, to go to Piltover, because then they can get further faster. Right. Right. Um, with the hex gates. Yeah, it, it seems like it's a big deal. And I assume, yeah. yeah, Piltover is not sharing that technology with other cities. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely up the status of Piltover, which was like Mel's big thing. Councilwoman Mel, uh, what, Merdarda? Mer... I have it written down somewhere. It doesn't matter. I can't, yeah. Um, so we, we jump to... Uh, it is Medarda. Yeah. Medarda. Yeah. Yeah. We jump to Progress Day in Piltover, you know, it shows like they have cars and little, you know, toys and stuff. It's a it's a happy bustling city. Uh it's it's like uh the World's Fair 
know. Oh yeah. On on magic. Um yeah, it's really it's neat stuff. Uh we we see that Jace is back in the good graces of the Kiramans, uh as Mrs. Kiraman is kind of you know, touting him about to some nobles. Obviously he is of use to her again. Uh Jace try he wiggles out of, you know, their company and sees uh, Caitlin, who is an enforcer now, kind of guarding the tent, and goes to tease her, and uh, she like tries to break his wrist, and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah they have they have a fun little back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, then we we go back up to the hex gate. We see, you know, it's not it's not the we get the initial like on the horizon hex gates. You know, this majestic jewel of Piltover shooting airships in the distance. You know, it looks you know, incredibly prosperous and beautiful and stuff like that. Now we're kind of, we're in close. Uh, we're on the lower rungs of it as airships are coming in. You know, it looks a little bit more like a shipyard at this point. Yeah. Because um, we are we are switching back to the A-team here, kind of. Um, we see uh, Silco's goons are loading up an airship um, with uh, marked barrels of shimmer. Uh, they're bribing the... Uh, like the dock, the uh, what what is the guy called? Who like uh, the dock master or the yeah 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 uh, to just stamp their uh, shipment, which he does, um, and that's when uh, we meet the firelights. Uh, the firelights are the first new, the firelight leader, I guess, is the first new character we're meeting. Um, he isn't named. He isn't named in these next you know three episodes either. But uh, I feel like we can talk about it now. We we think he's Echo, right? Um, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no real, there's no real hint that it's Echo, other than he's kind of a sneaky sneak guy who's always watching everybody, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that we haven't seen Echo at all yet, so it just feels like it's Echo. Yeah. Uh, they but this gang, uh, they fly around on uh, hoverboards, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, they're all masked, and they seem to be specifically targeting Silco. Uh, and his shipments and his smuggling and stuff like that. Uh, at least everything that we see, uh, Silco and Marcus say they harassed regular civilians too, but I assume that's not actually the case. Right. Um, but yeah, so they they uh, they use like these like temporary crystal like prisons or restraints, uh, like grenades that kind of cover you in crystal to uh, disable all of Silco's goons, and they're they're getting ready to. Uh, burn all the the shimmer um a couple of them go down to the the hold of the airship to uh make sure there's nothing down there uh and then we start seeing some familiar uh, graffiti uh of powders um they they hint that they're terrified at you know like as soon as they they see the the graffiti like oh no it's her <laughs> yeah um, they, yeah it's <laughs> a great scene yeah they realize how much they've fucked up yeah yeah they you know, they try to break out they can't so they you know kind of steal themselves to try to fight uh they, they're trying to find her in the hole um and then we just get a quick little zipline scene of uh powder going between them and when they look down they have a bunch of grenades strapped to them and then we're back outside of the ship and there's you know a giant like explosion kind of reverberates through the the airship, and everyone's like, "Oh!" <laughs> um, event the hole opens up, and we see Powder all grown up. Um, probably I don't know, she's Adult. a little older no. than Vi was. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, I know Vi is. I don't know how old Jinx is. Right. Um, but yeah, she she just kind of she's like holding herself, and she's just like kind of this like demure uh, uh, expression with all the smoke billing out from the hole, and like the firelights are just looking at her. Uh, and then she jumps into to uh, action and starts kicking their ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she pulls out her signature move, which I think we mentioned last time too. My favorite signature move, uh, throwing grenades into people's faces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And she, yeah, she starts whooping their ass, whooping the firelight's ass. Um, like all by herself too. Like there's, she doesn't get hit at all in this fight, right? She's just dodging them and blowing them up. Yeah. She's, she's straight up murdering them, too, by the yeah, way. It's she, like, yeah, she's, she is <laughs> shooting them with bullets, too. Like, well, it it, like, yeah, the grenades, yeah. like, her grenades work now, and they are actually grenades now. Yeah, they're not, it's not, <laughs> it's not fun pink smoke anymore, you know, it's... There's the fun pink smoke is still there. Well, but yeah. But it's still, like, yeah, when they, they, yeah. <laughs> when they get a grenade strapped to their face, it explodes. Oh, and they fell off of the airship, too, so it is, it's just bad all around for them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the the firelights kind of panic. They're getting ready to just like light everything on fire and get out. Um, Jinx uh or Powder stops the one, hits her in the face, and her mask falls off. And she has she's a young girl with pink hair. And this like Jinx Powder freezes up when she sees this. Obviously, she's got some unresolved issues. Uh, you can kind of see like. The, the I think they do it's a really fun thing where they do like the scribbles like when it's like her thoughts not being normal they yeah. like, show like her her deranged thinking and stuff like that you know like real life takes on like flashes of her like scribbles and her graffiti and stuff like that um yeah, yeah I, I like that I like that the the show like oh she is she's having a moment here <laughs> me too so so like her her color combination is like blue and purple, and I kept thinking they would use one of the colors to be, uh, you know, like like give some give some feelings attached to those colors. So like yeah, oh maybe in blue lighting she's the crazy jinx, and then in the purple lighting she's not, you know. But they I don't think they ever did really. It's uh, I actually I think it's a thing with her eyes. Um, oh okay, when her eyes turn real pink. Is is when she is crazy jinx. Okay, I didn't notice it. Um, like you see it at you see it at the very end of uh, Act One when she's uh, hugging Silco. Okay, is where it starts, and I, I think it happens a couple more times. Maybe not. Okay. We, we might be reading too much into. It. Yeah. Um. But oh, the I guess we should mention uh, Savika is there as one of Silco's goons after she got her arm burned off. Um. The the big uh, tattoo guy is there, and you know a couple other mooks. Uh, so yeah, Powder sees that that pink hair girl, and she like disassociates. Uh, they they the ship is on fire at this point. You know the the shimmer is going up, and she's just kind of standing there, stunned, seeing this just this. It's just a girl with pink hair too. Like I guess she looks a little bit like Vi, but uh, only a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's got she's got pink hair, you know. Yeah, <laughs> she's a teen. So I she she looks and she looks to be like the age Vi was when she was uh, arrested. Yeah, or at yeah. least the height, you know. Uh, but yeah, the girl like pulls away and Jinx like shoots her in the back. 
uh, the Firelight Leader, like, checks on her, and he... I don't know why this death in particular makes him upset. Like, Jinx has killed four other of his guys so far. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and beat the crap out of a couple others. But yeah, he, he like, freaks... He, like, hulks out a little bit. He, like, rages and runs at her, but Jinx whips out the, the minigun and starts just shooting in circles around her, uh, trying to mow down everyone. Um, the firelight and the big lanky one with the, the ears. I don't know what race he is. We see one of these guys. Yeah. Uh, like in, in Piltover Progress Day Festival. They're like, I don't know. Uh, some kind of, some kind of fantasy. Yeah. Uh, they I almost just, like, I just let it wash over. It does. Yeah, not they, they, they kind of, yeah, they kind of look like modern fur bugs and D and D. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, the Firelight Leader gets away, Jinx is just mowing everyone down, she shoots her own guys at that point too, she's just out, she had lost it, she snaps. Um, as the ship is kind of burning down, uh, Savika, they finally break free of their uh, restraints, and Savika isn't happy, and Jinx is just like, whatever, she doesn't care. She just kind of smirks up at her. Uh, so then we... Uh, we jump back to Jason Victor getting ready to present their uh, their next wave of Hextech technology. Um, Heimerdinger shows up. They uh, show him that they've stabilized those crystals, so no more giant monkey explosions. Uh, Jace hits it with a hammer, shows that there's no you know effect basically. So they've made Hextech safe. Like you, you, there's no fear of like dropping it and causing. A- a room-shattering explosion anymore. Um, the idea and, being they can put it in everyday items. Yeah, the, right. they say it's now it's now portable, basically. Right. Um, and they show off some big giant crush fists that they can be used for mining. The Hercules um, gauntlets or something. Atlas like that. gauntlets. Atlas gauntlets. That's what it is. Yes, and uh, uh, like a laser, like a laser arm. Victor shows off. I love this scene because uh, I really think that's how like scientists probably think about things you know yeah you know it's like oh yeah i invented i invented this new type of bacteria that is resistant to these forms of whatever we'll be able to use it to treat this specific yeah. uh you know disease and it's like well what if somebody like weaponizes it and it's like oh then the earth is doomed you know right. like <laughs> like they, they're so focused they don't kind of see you know they don't see the forest through the trees yeah, yeah, Jason's yeah. like, with these big crush fists, they'll be able to work, you know, they'll be able to mine better without fatigue, and right. with this laser arm, think of what our artificers can do. It's, yeah. Like, it's shooting through, like, solid stone, like, carving yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, there's a granite slab, it's carving Heimerdinger's face, but it's also cutting the column behind it, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it reminds me, there's the, the and, like, the pilot of Venture Brothers. There's the scene oh. like that where he's at like the UN science festival. Right. He's like, this is my Ooray. It has lots of applications. He can't name any. And he, he demonstrates it by destroying a model of the White House or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy is like, what are you doing? Why would you bring weapons here? And he's like, what? It's not a weapon. It's the Ooray. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you destroyed a little model. Look at all oh, the little people are dead. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess if it fell into the wrong hands, right. that could be said about anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just reckless science, kind of. Uh, Heimerdinger is impressed, but he says, you know, good job. 
in 10 years or so, I bet you can safeguard this stuff so it couldn't fall into the wrong hands. Jason Victor are a little aghast by this declaration. Well, he, like, doesn't, oh. he doesn't say into the wrong hands, right? He, talk, he just talks about like that it's, it still needs a little bit of work, right? It needs some refining. Well, he, yeah, he, he says safeguards, so it, oh, it can't okay. be misused. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. yeah, he specifically says misused, I think. Oh, okay. But yeah, he says, you know, tighten a few more screws, you know, polish it up. Stuff like that. There are a few, okay. few more kinks to work out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, Victor in particular is like, we, we could be helping people today. You know, right. why, why win? And that's, right. you know, the, the growing rift of Jace is like, well, I understand Heimerdinger's point, but I agree with Victor too. And yeah, yeah. He's, he's just being tugged in a lot of directions. He's trying to figure out what he should do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's kind of, you know, he's torn between his ideals and like then like well also like what is my legacy going to be you know yeah like the long view and then the then the short yeah right yes um we hop back over to the airship crime scene it's now a burnt out husk and the enforcers are looking it over uh looks like Caitlin has snuck over there now uh she gets on to the airship and starts to take some pictures it seems to be to do her own investigating uh she gets pictures of like jinx graffiti um, we get to see that she's actually, like, a, a competent investigator, too. Like, she's, she's doing, like, the, the CSI recreation, like, the TV show dramatization of CSI right. <laughs> recreation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, like, following, like, the, the shell casings and stuff like that, seeing what, putting the picture together in her mind of what happened. Uh, she discovers there's a, a blood trail from the, the goon that, uh, Powder shot in her uh, disassociated state. And she follows that back down to the hole and finds one of Silco's goons, the one that, uh, the big guy with lots of tattoos that was shot in the gut, uh, hiding down there. Uh, she tries to get him to talk. Uh, he says he can't, he'll be killed. Uh, and that's when Marcus discovers her uh, and reprimands her for being at the crime scene. Um, kind of chastise her for, because uh, she is a noble, like, Doing things her, just trying to get her own way, basically. Um, there's, it's probably like twenty percent that and eighty percent he might not trust Caitlyn to uh, handle these things because he, I assume Marcus knows these are Silgo's goons and this is part of their smuggling operation. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, we yeah, see that Marcus is the new yeah. sheriff too. Right. No. Yeah. He's he's fully aware. Yeah. 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 But. Yeah. It, like, he, it's never outright said that, like, he doesn't, he thinks, like, Caitlin will bust this thing wide open. No, no, but I think it's heavily implied. I don't think it's heavily, I think it's least. Okay. I don't know. I don't even know if it's lightly implied. I don't know if it's implied at all. Okay. I feel like, man, only... you've really come around here in the last five I know. seconds. Well, that's why, I, that's why I said 20%, because the only time he mentions it is later when uh, him and Silco are talking, and he's like... Oh, it must have been Caitlyn. Yeah, I I can't control it. She just does whatever she wants. <laughs> yeah, like there there wasn't any. Oh, she. I've been trying to keep her off the case. You know, <laughs> she's That's too bad. good. Yeah, but um, yeah. So Marcus kind of reprimands her, and she's a little dejected by that. Um, from there we go to the Undercity now. Uh, I actually really like this intro scene to. The this is the advancement of the Undercity now. Who that's been thriving under Silco. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a nice, uh, parody of Piltover, 
Piltover is very prim and proper with its festival going on and all its enlightenment. Uh, the Undercity has become like a kind of a, a more sleazy red light district, uh, but it's still got, you know, new faces, new people. Everything is bigger and louder and brighter. Um, yeah, uh, and we come to the last drop that has been uh, remade as uh, Silco has taken that over as his new HQ. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we get they do. So, they do really focus on how uh, rampant Shimmer is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People, do, I, I don't know if that when the the dude's like breathing it in and stuff like that. Well, and they show they show just a lady just drinking it too, right? I don't I thought so. That. But okay. yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a, a city of sin now. Yeah, at least more so. Uh, yeah, but yes, we get Savika coming into Silco's office, complaining about Jinx, uh, powder. Uh, saying that she fucking lost it and she's a liability, yada, yada, yada. Silco doesn't really respond to that and reprimands uh, Savika, uh, much to her dismay, and she leaves. We see that Jinx is actually up in the rafters, just hanging out. Uh, and we see it's uh, a pretty, it's a, kind of a nice scene, too. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah, Silco, seem, he seems to have a very soft spot for Jinx. Uh, treats her like a daughter. Uh, asks her what happened, you know. Uh, we see a little bit more of how deranged Jinx is, too. Like, she has, like, like these flashes and, like, nervous energy when she's, you know, thinking that she screwed up. Stuff like yeah. that. Um, but it, it shows, like, a, a, a little scene between them where she, she gives Silco, uh, his injection into his eyeball. Oh my god, dude, that is awful, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, well, dude, like, like with that? It, it like oh! hits. It like hits against yeah. the eye like it's rock or something. It's, yeah, it's awful. It's real weird. Um, but yeah, I, what's the point of that? Do you think just to, like to keep the toxic? Because people use it to heal, obviously. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Which we'll see later. But like, is it? Yeah, is that it, keeping it, the toxin in check? Or I don't know because it looked like it was like a, a like a a little prick of shimmer maybe yeah that's that's what i thought yeah so i don't know i have no idea mm. yeah he definitely <laughs> it definitely looks like it doesn't feel good when it happens either no yeah <laughs> well i don't know he can't see out of that eye right is that no it never it never blinks yeah it doesn't yeah. it moves a little bit but it doesn't blink so i assume he can't see out of it right but yeah i i i like this scene though like i i feel like they it's a it's a little bit of a weird relationship between them, but it never crosses like it never feels like it's not like father daughter, yeah. you know, adopted father daughter kind of thing. Right. Uh, it shows they're close, and it's not it's not super weird. No, I think it's fine. I mean, he he obviously he obviously has like faith in her abilities. He's so he's so ready to forgive her for this too. But yeah. I mean, I think I think well, I guess when you see how potent she is as a as a murderer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, you can the, infer that she has her uses for him, you know. Yes, uh, the, the entirety of all of his goons were disabled by the firelights instantly, and then Jinx by herself murders most of them. <laughs> right. So she is, she's definitely probably his best goon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at least in the series so far, it never looks like it's disingenuous from him either it looks like he actually cares about yeah. her yeah i if if yeah if he is not being genuine i will be i they got me yeah you know? right yeah they tricked me 
So yeah, from there, we jump to Mel now, um, who's at a, a fancy fundraiser party with a bunch of nobles. Looking great. Looking great. Looking fly. Mm-hmm. Um, she's off on the balcony by herself. Her attendant is like, don't you want to mingle? And she's like, none of these people have anything to offer me. Uh, I am like done. I've used them all. I've got what I need from them. Yeah, that's kind of a, what I feel like she's implying. Right. She's like, the only one that has my interest is Jace. And it shows a blimp of Jace's face going by. <laughs> <laughs> um, at that point, Jace enters the party. Um, and actually comes to grab Mel. They have a, a, a talk with her. Uh, they go off to their little meeting room. And Jace complains about Heimerdinger, saying he, uh, the pro- he's a problem. Like he wants Jace wants to show his advancements, and Heimerdinger is kind of telling him to hold back. Yeah. Mel uh, gives him the opposite advice. Says, "Hey, you know, we should be moving forward." He, you know, she she plays the other side. She says, "You know, I, there's people out here who want to invest in you. There's so many good things you could be doing." You know, it's it's time to move forward. I think you know what is right, kind of thing. She's playing him on the other side. Right. Um, from there, we jump to uh, Jinx's room now, which is some bizarre, like column in a in a pit canyon. I don't. It's it is a wild place. <laughs> yeah. It is a villain den. I mean, it is it is a yeah. villain den. But it's all it's all jinxed up, you know. It's it's got the the colorful graffiti everywhere, and she is like talking to herself about the little back and forth she just had with Silco. Like Silco told her to take a break, basically. Um, she's like, I don't need to take a break, and he's like, Well, take it anyway, you know. Take a take a breath. Yeah. Uh, she gets a little paranoid about this. Uh, she wants to be useful. She doesn't want to think. Uh, she doesn't want Silco to think she's weak, uh, so she's ha- she's you know freaking out in there. She's just tossing explosives like casually into the into this chasm. Uh, it seems like that's just what she does. Like she just randomly just blows things up for fun, which is um, probably why her her villainess hideout is where it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> makes makes sense. Yeah, um, and she's she comes to the conclusion that she's gonna she's gonna do something to prove to Silco she's not weak. She has an idea. Um, we jump back to Jace and the B team here. It's speech time. Um, Jace and Victor are talking backstage. Jace suggests that Victor come out. They're like, it's your research too. Come join me. Um, so I really like their dynamic. I appreciate that Jace really does feel like Victor is equal in this. Yeah. Like it. I'm I'm very happy that it doesn't feel like Jace it thinks ill of Victor in any way. Um, Victor is Victor. obviously. Yeah. He's uneasy about being in front of the crowd. He declines it. Yeah. Uh, and it's because he, I assume he looks sickly and weak and he doesn't right. want yeah. a bunch of people to see him like that. Yeah, he's still got that, that childhood trauma stuff. Victor, I mean, remember, literally saved Jason. Yeah. You know, he, he showed up just in time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That... To keep him from committing suicide. So, right. yeah, I, I do think Jace feels indebted to him, too. You know, and then this is the person who kind of made... You know, and he was at his lowest point, and Victor was the one who kind of lifted him up to his highest. Yes. No, yeah. But that, yeah, that's what I'm talking Like, it never feels like Jace has an ego about it, which I no, really, definitely. really appreciate. Yeah, I really yeah, appreciate definitely. it. Um, Victor does look more sickly. Um, I think they look make him look a little bit more gaunt and pale. 
Um, but yeah, so Victor declines going up on there. He's going to stay behind the scenes and, you know, help Jace present their new findings. Um, I think this is the first time we we see Victor's assistant, too. Uh, Sky Young. Oh, right? yeah. She's, she's there, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think she says anything there. Um... Uh, we'll talk about her more in the next episode, I think. Um, but there's some fun theories about her, I think. Oh. Uh, so Jace goes up to give his speech. Um, in the middle of his speech, he decides to heed Heimerdinger's advice uh, against Mel's. Uh, he doesn't present their new technology, says, We have new things, and we will show you when we're ready. Um, Heimerdinger's like, mean mugging him the entire time like he is like are you going to do this are you going to fucking cross me boy yeah <laughs> um he doesn't even look relieved when jay says that either he just, no no he's he, still concerned yeah yes um but as he you know it's still a rousing speech jay still keeps the crowd but mel gets up and leaves um because she's upset with him and jace kind of sees that uh from there uh we get to outside of the party, uh, where Caitlin is with the other enforcers who are on, uh, they're guarding the entrance. Um, it seems to be very, like a lax affair. They're all just out there smoking and they're kind of, you know, giving Caitlin a hard time is like, they're just kind of chatting up and she's correcting them about things. So they're, you know, busting her balls about it because she's a fancy, <laughs> uh, but the Caitlin sees there's a fire and, you know, grabs all the guards, and they go run out to uh, cross the street there to where this fire is happening. Uh, she grabs a fire extinguisher, starts trying to put it out. The other guards hear there's, like, a little girl crying inside uh, for help. So they, like, look at each other and run into this burning building to save this kid. Um, it turns out it is a trap set by Jinx. Uh, Caitlin, like, puts out part of the fire, and it's it was, like, the Jinx's uh, monkey graffiti scribbled face, like, on the wall, she sees that. All the other guards see that the voice of the child was coming from, like, this series of grenades that are hung up in there in this flaming building. Uh, and then it explodes and kills a bunch of the guards. It almost kills Caitlyn. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really, I like that scene a lot. Because it really, like, when Jinx is, like, fighting the firelight, you're like, okay, well, these are two gangs fighting each other. And you kind of expect them to, to kill each other. This is just Jinx straight up murdering the police for yeah, she, funsies. <laughs> you know? Doesn't care. But I mean, as like a kid from, I mean, to, like from her perspective. Oh yeah, she hates are, Yeah, she yeah. hates enforcers. But yeah, sure. But she's still unprovoked when and blew up several of them. <laughs> well, I know, but she's got. Well, she was. I mean, she was looking. She for like, stuff. Yeah, yeah she she was, but she didn't she like. She didn't have to kill them. Like she could have no, just set the building fair. on fire and no, done what fair. she was going to do, you know. Yeah, but she—I mean, she's got Silco's vision now, you know. She she thinks of them as not. Oh, these are people that live in it. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. It's like I a neighbor in the city, but yeah. I, yeah. I I I like how it shows. Like Vi doesn't know this, but yeah, it shows that Jinx might be irredeemable. Like she right. might be too far gone. <laughs> right. Like even if um, you can convince her to stop killing now, she has killed quite a few yeah. people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a scene, you know, at the end there that kind of hammers his home. Like, so Caitlin sees, she catches a glimpse of Jinx leaving the area with a, you know, a big old smile on her face after blowing everybody up. Um, but yeah, so she knows that Jinx is a real, real bad lady. Uh, but yeah, she did all that to 
distract the guards so she could go in and rob Jace's workshop again. Um, she gets a stabilized gemstone and steals a bunch of his notes and graffitis the hell out of the place, which right. I appreciate too. She leaves a lot of calling cards, uh, which is actually it's it's a thing in game too that she does. Like Jinx just spray paints graffiti everywhere she is apparently. Like just as like an idle animation or. No, I'm like in the fluff and the, the, oh, in the fluff. This, okay, yeah, and then the little fluff you get of her and stuff like that. I got you. Um, so we go to the council now. Jace is talking about the the break in and the explosion, um, and what was stolen. Uh, they they says, you know, I don't know why, but they it, they instantly suspect that it's somebody from the undercity. Like it's that that is immediately what they go with. I didn't I didn't think about it at the time. But just now talking about it, because they're yeah. like nobody from the Undercity has claimed responsibility yet. And then, like one of the the Robo Councilmen is like, "Could the Trenchers create a weapon with this stolen technology?" Like they just this, it's an immediate assumption it was somebody from the Undercity. No investigation necessary, right? Because it's an oppressive regime and right. <laughs> I'm just saying it was just like I didn't think about it at the time because I knew it was somebody from the Undercity, but right you know, like, looking no, back, it's like right. oh. Huh, that's another little, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jace is explaining what was taken, uh, and he's, he tells them he, his suggestion is we should suspend everything to do with Hextech until we can safeguard the technology. Shut down the Hexgate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the council, who was all up in arms about safety and everything like that, immediately gets angry at that suggestion. It's like, we can't shut down the Hexgate. Think of all the money we'll lose. Right. Um, yeah, the council is far too greedy and self-interested to pull back. And I assume Heimerdinger would have been on Jace's side about this. Because he doesn't, like, chastise him about that decision. He He's like, Jace, you're really willing to uh, yeah. give up your life's work for this, huh? You know. Uh, but that's where Mel sees an opportunity. I didn't, She's, sorry, I didn't know how to take that from Heimerdinger. I didn't know what he was thinking in that moment. I, I think he sympathized. I think he agreed with Jace, but he was he understood the gravity of what he was willing to do. No, and I get that and but that's not and like I think that's from the character that they've built, right? Yeah. Like that's that's how I assume Heimerdinger Heimerdinger thinks. But I don't know that he kinda conveyed that, you know? I, I th- but I do think it caught him by surprise. Yeah, I just that... yeah, I, I don't know how to take it. Not like a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think, uh, yeah, well, because it moves quickly from that, because that's not the point. Right. Um, no, I know, I know, but that's the interesting, you know, that's the interesting yeah. part for me, is that uh, Jace is willing to do this, and then Heimerdinger's reaction. The other people, I, of course, they're going to react that way. They're shitty, rich bureaucrats, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, out, outside of magic, it... Everyone seems as just that Heimerdinger is a really pragmatic individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he'll he'll see the opportunity, he'll see the value, so he'll have to agree. Like he 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 favors logic over emotion or right. you know personal uh, preferences and stuff like that. Um, we don't we don't really see a lot of that except for you know this next part as uh, Mel sees an opportunity here. She sees the Jace's. Willing to put the safety of Hextech above all else, the council refuses to go the route that uh, Jace wants to. So she sees an opportunity to put Jace on the council uh, as a way to get him extra resources that he can 
work towards safeguarding the technology without suspending it. Uh, everyone kind of sees they they think it's odd, like it's it's an unprecedented thing to do, but they all want to keep things running. Um, even Heimerdinger's like, hmm. I I agree that the safety of this technology should be administered by a scientist since Jace is so willing to put, you know, safety above his own preferences. Okay. I agree. Yeah. That's what I, I took it. And it's Mel pulling the string. She saw, she saw an opportunity and, and struck deftly, yeah. um, which I thought was, they really do. They do a good job of showing Mel as a good manipulator, Like you don't hate her for it either. No, I was about to say, like, I don't, I don't even think of her as evil, really. It's like, just she thinks... No, she, she's manipulative, the, but she's future. not. Yeah, yeah, this is the future, and I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the roadblocks out of the way, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I don't know if she was setting up for later plays with this maneuver either. Uh, you know, the other, the other things that happened in later episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 hard to tell. It's not super telegraphed if that was if this is a, like a long con that she is playing here. Uh, but given the teasers for Act Three, I think we'll see as we meet Mel's mother and stuff like that. The rest of her family are very different people. They are conquerors and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so we go. They they end up agreeing to put Jace on the council. Uh, we go from there back to Jinx's lab, where she has her ill-gotten gains, and she's, you know, looking over all the the fun little trinkets she stole and notes. Um, it's playing Jinx's uh, uh, login theme song, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I do like that song. Uh, there's a, there's a fun music video that goes along with it about Jinx, where she's like riding the the rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it because of the spoilers, but I I did I did see the thumbnail. Yeah. Uh, Silco is there trying to yell at her over the music before eventually, uh, you know, uh, turning it off to, like, confront her about blowing up all those enforcers. Uh, it's like, what, what were you thinking? Like, he's obviously upset because of, you know, the, the trouble this was going to cause. Um, but Jinx is very, uh, she's very confident about what she did. She's, He's like, do you have any idea what you've done? And she's like, actually, I do. And shows him the the hex tech, the stabilized hex tech gemstone. Yeah. Um, Silco, I, it doesn't look like he immediately knows what to make of it. Uh, I think he he realizes it's. He spoke earlier about how hex tech has really put him off his plans for you know gaining independence from Piltover because it it's made Piltover such a like wealthy. Uh, influential place and he talks about how every day uh, Zahn falls further behind mm-hmm. because of that uh, but now he's Jinx has stolen the next step and placed it in his hand um, and they it, you know it's it's an interesting scene because yeah she it, she's immediately forgiven basically for whatever she's done right but uh, yeah um, I mean that's that's what I mean, though, like, how Silco has such faith in her, you know? Like, I assume this is a, this is a thing with them, you know? Like, otherwise, how, how could you be around Jinx, you know? Because she's so volatile. Right. Like, it must be that she gets results. Right. You know? um, from there, we uh, see Caitlin, who is, like, in her room. 
There's a bunch of sympathy flowers there, but she is busy with her, like, sprawled out map of uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, uh, she was Jay like sh- the, the guy from It's Always Sunny with, like, the yeah. red yarn, you know? <laughs> yeah. Meme. yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's yarn involved. It's very good. Right. <laughs> uh, Jay shows up with some flowers. Uh, Caitlin dismisses them. She just, like, tosses them aside as she's far more concerned about her her investigation here, which I, th- I think is a fun scene. It shows that she she is a good investigator. She's a good enforcer. Right. She wants to figure this out. She wants to catch the culprit. Uh, Jace is kind of dismissive about the grand conspiracy, he calls it. Uh, Caitlin thinks there is somebody in control of everything in the Undercity. And, you know, obviously, we know she's right. Right. Uh, trying to piece together Silco's influence. Um, unfortunately, Jace offers her a job to be the head of his house's security as he's now a councilman. She's like, no, I don't want to do that. That's a bullshit position. I'll just sit behind a desk. I want to be out on the streets. And he's like, well, too bad. You don't have a job anymore. Your parents talk to the sheriff and you are fired. And she's very upset about this. Uh, right. But she like gets rid of Jace and she like takes a moment to look over her map and it focuses it on Stillwater Prison. Uh, so seemingly acting on her own. Uh, still in an enforcer getup, goes to Stillwater Prison, uh, which is a. It looks like it looks like a nice place, honestly. Um, what? You know, you disagree? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it because of the Alcatraz vibes and like? Yeah, and the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the, just the, it's just oh yeah, it just looks like cold stone terribleness. Yeah. Uh, it's awful. Okay, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we yeah. grew up in different places. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a prison that seems to be out in the middle of uh, water, you know, surrounded by you know rocky outcroppings and stuff like that. It's it's Alcatraz, basically. Yeah. Um, she's going there to meet the goon that Silco or uh, Silco's goon that Jinx shot, who got taken to prison. Uh, he uh, we <laughs> we meet the warden there. I don't know what he is, but he's fun. I like him a lot. Yeah. He's, um, he's another weird race of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he tells Caitlin that she won't be able to talk to this guy as he had a run in with another inmate and he is very beat up currently. Um, so Caitlin decides to go meet this inmate who beat up the inmate she was going to go talk to. And lo and behold, it's Vi in her cell just punching concrete as you do. Keeping it, just keeping it tight, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the end of episode four. Um, it's yeah, it catches us up to speed. It like I can't overstate it enough. Like how well these episodes are structured. Like, like yeah. when we jump back and forth, like it never, it never feels like not enough or too much time was spent in any particular scene. Like right. the the transitioning is good. Well, especially now compared to Act One, because in Act One it was. It was kind of two separate stories that came together at the end. Where now yeah. it is, it is, it is one story, and we're just seeing two, uh, you know, two parts of it simultaneously. I, I think it's still separate stories that are slow. It's like multiple pieces of uh, twine slowly being wrapped together into one, you know, piece of rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I guess what I mean is before it's like, uh, you mean like Jason you know, like Victor's the, thing. Well, like an act was completely detached. Right. Like in an act one, episode one was, you know, there was like nothing of Piltover, right? 
Yeah. Uh, where and then and then Act Two starts in the past from where our you know where A team is at the end of Episode One, right? So it's like, but and now it feels like everything's moving congruently. Like when we're, it looks like when we're going and hanging out with Jinx and Silco, stuff in Piltover is still moving forward. I got you. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, but at this point, when I was watching it, I was just so excited to see, especially after they, they show these clips of Vi kicking the shit out of that bald dude with his lunch tray. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I can't <laughs> wait for Vi fights. And my favorite fight in the series is coming up in the next episode. So, is it the one I, I try to get yeah. everyone else with? Yeah. That, yeah. That's such a good fight. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> and this is, uh, well, when we get to it. When yeah. we get Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So episode five, everybody wants to be my enemy. Um, we start uh, we start the episode with young Caitlin. Uh, she's at a shooting competition. Uh, she seems to be doing well. We see she's in competition with Grayson, the former sheriff of the Enforcers. Um, and Caitlin wins, but she confronts Grayson afterwards, says, you held your shot. Did my parents pay you to let me win? Grayson brushes it off and says, no, I thought you deserved to win. Um, and kind of like imparts this little little nuggets of uh, of wisdom to her. Is like, the reason I'm a good shot is because I use this gun to protect the people of uh, Piltover. And that's that's trophy enough for me. Um, you're, it's like, you're out there trying hard. What are you shooting for, Caitlin? Right. So, yeah, it's it's showing us, you know, Caitlin's backstory, like where she's coming from, why... It kind of it kind of shows us why she ended up becoming an enforcer and stuff like that. I think it's pretty obvious that Grayson had some kind of effect on her. Um, we also we also know and see that like Grayson had a big effect on Marcus too. Just Marcus went in a, a bad direction with it. Yeah, uh, so Marcus yeah, is Grayson, such a skeezy <laughs> punk, you know. He is. I mean, I feel bad. He is a piece of shit, but I like I feel what? bad for him. What? Yeah. Why? Because he's in. He's obviously an idiot in over his head. <laughs> oh, that's fair. I mean, yeah. that's yeah, that's fair. He's just like, an I, ass. You know? I like. I can imagine what he thought was going to happen, and he thought he was doing the right thing, and then how it instantly blew up in his face, and then he was just trapped between a rock and a hard place. And he he wants to do the right thing, but he can't bring himself to do it. Dude, that's fair, but he like he moved the rock with like his own equipment there, you know. No, yeah, to he extend brought the metaphor. Yeah, he brought the rock with him. I I know. Yeah. I I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, he put it in there, and he's like, "Oh God, no, I can't get out." Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so after that scene, um, we go back to Stillwater Prison, where uh, Caitlin is talking to Vi, trying to get some answers out of her. Vi is very uncooperative. Um, basically tells Caitlin to shove it uh, until Caitlin has a moment like uh, Violet's a couple of things slip like after the initial like back and forth goes nowhere and Caitlin goes to leave Vi says you know give it give Silco a kiss on that good eye of his uh, yeah the gross eye uh, <laughs> Caitlin hears the name Silco and it's like shit okay what does this mean so she goes back and is like why did you say that Vi's like, well, you know, piss off. And she's like... Yeah, she calls mm. him the industrialist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, Silco is known, uh, but not in the way that, like, Vi knows it. Uh, Caitlin shows the pictures 
uh, she took to Vi, which has the Jinx graffiti on it, Vi instantly recognizes it and is like, where did you get this? Um, Caitlin's like, uh, who was that goon working for? And she's like, it was Silco. Everyone knows that. What are you, you know, keep up. Um, <laughs> which I, I think is a fun little callback to when Caitlin did that to Jace. Uh, when back at at her apartment. Oh when she, yeah, yeah. Because uh, she was like doing the strings and everything. She's like, you know, after the the hexgates, the the hexgate smuggling operation, and he was like, hexgate smuggling. He's like, she's like, yeah, 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 keep up, keep up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Caitlin. Uh, so she she sees that Vine knows stuff. Um, she she also like lets she also mentions that she doesn't she couldn't figure out why Vi was there. Uh, there's no like no record of her being arrested. It looks like Marcus just black bagged her, basically, just threw her in prison, no paperwork. Right. Uh, which seems to be something that can just easily happen, as the warden does not seem to care. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So Caitlin decides she's going to need help to go to the Undercity and figure out what's going on, and decides to free Vi to help her with that. She. I assume forges Jace's signature. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. To make this happen, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, she tells the warden, you know, count, councilman uh, Talis, Jace Talis, uh, wants her released. Um, again, we get a little bit more with the the warden there, who I love. You know, yeah, he's like their little scene together with Caitlin. Like, oh, was she not being cooperative? And he like puts down his giant like trench and is like, "You want me to go have a talk with her?" And she's like. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, honestly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, how many, and she's like, how many talks have you had with her? And he's like, you know, I didn't ever think to count. <laughs> right. He's just, you, he's such a scumbag. He's just a stereotypical, like, bad guy warden. <laughs> yeah. But it, there's there's just something about how the character is voiced that I really enjoy. Um, from there, we go to a funeral scene with Marcus and the six dead enforcers. Uh, we see we see Marcus is having a lot of regrets. Uh, he talks about how these people were, you know, husbands and wives, mothers and daughters, blah blah blah. His own child, his own little girl is there, um, and he he takes her for a moment to go see Grayson's, you know, tombstone, and it. it Showing us that Marcus has, he has a lot of regrets. Uh, he's obviously, sure. what's that? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he didn't want, he obviously didn't want any of the enforcers to die. And he is very unhappy with the situation he is in. No, I know. I, if you hadn't <laughs> have said that you like felt bad for him, I, I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we go to Marcus confronting Silco about it. He is very upset that six enforcers are dead. Uh, he's obviously aware of Jinx because he's like, you said you could control her. Uh, I have six dead enforcers. Silco's like, well, you know, blame it on the firelights. They're, they're a thorn in both our sides. And Marcus is very dismissive of that. He's like, oh, well, that would wrap things up real nice and tidy for you. Um, well, I thought it was weird he wasn't more, like, accepting of that story, you know? Well, because he... He knows, he probably knows exactly, the, he knows the Firelights are not a thorn in Marcus's side. Or, you know? No, I know, but he, you know, it's whatever, it's a scapegoat. He gets what he wanted, you know? Well, because I don't think Marcus wants it. I think he honestly wants Silco to go down, and he's not happy that he is in his pocket. Oh. Yeah, I, again, Fair. I don't, 
Mar- I think Marcus did a lot of dumb stuff. I don't think he's a bad man though. <laughs> like okay. his, his, yeah, his initial <laughs> his initial deal was to get the kids who right. were responsible for the explosion. No, that's a good point. You know, uh, there's some veiled threats back and forth between them, but you know, we see that Marcus really has no leverage in that confrontation. Uh, we go back to Jace and Victor. They're at the hex gate, and Jace is going over uh, shipping logs and stuff like that. He's seeing all the discrepancies, and he's like, there's so much corruption. Uh, and Victor's like, why are you wasting your time with that? We should be helping people, not worrying about, you know, these nobles losing money. Um, Jace is like, I, I got a lot on my plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a lot, man. Um, he's talking... Jay starts talking to Marcus about it. He wants the Titan security and actually get them to do the job. Uh, it is evident in that scene that Marcus is aware that the nobles have corruption going on. He's like, are you sure you don't want to talk to the other councilmen before you start having me do this shit? Right. And Jay's is like, no, come on. Get it, get it, yeah. get it together. And he's like, all right, fuck it. Uh, Victor like, gets, yeah. Yeah, he's like, it's your first day. He's like, it's my second. It's my second day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it catches Marcus off guard. Right. <laughs> he's like, Dude, I know it's your first day. And he's like, second day. He's like, oh, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but yes, Victor gets sicker. He starts coughing up blood and he has a little vision of magic there, like staring at these giant, um, like hex tech. I don't know. Power cells. I assume. I don't know what's going sure. on in there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we go back to Jinx and her uh, bedroom workshop, you know, crime den. Uh, she's working on the hex tech. She's reading Jace's uh, journal, uh, kind of roasting it like it's boring, boring. Okay, I get the gist of it. You know, yeah. These these runes and these magic mumbo jumbo, blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, and she starts uh, testing the the hex tech, which causes a little magical explosion. Um, which gives her extreme PTSD. <laughs> uh, she immediately is taken back to when she blew everybody up and killed all her friends. Uh, we see in her room that she has like a, a mannequin dressed up like Milo, and she has a little like voodoo doll with uh, Clagger's goggles on it. She has a lockbox with the flare that Vi gave her and the and the stuffed bunny. Like obviously, she still thinks about her friends and her sister and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and yeah, so the this magical explosion takes her back and she freaks out and runs away. Uh saying it was a mistake and she can't do. It. Uh we go to Vi and Caitlin. Uh this is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Uh uh cuz Caitlin's like, "Okay, so yeah, we'll take the the bathosphere down. Uh it gives us a good lay of the land and Vi just like jumps off the roof and starts, you know, parkouring down into the undersea." Yeah. She puts her hood up. Yeah, does like yeah. the Spider-Man drop off the edge thing. Yeah, it's it's real cool. Yeah. Uh, she gets down there, you know, gets into an alley. She's confronted by a couple of thugs, uh, and it's like, oh, nice jacket. Uh, you know, very very Terminator esque. Yeah, you know, your clothes give them to me. Beats the crap out of these two people and takes the clothes. Caitlin manages to get down there too. Uh, I love she like she's behind this old guy like hobbling up into the bathosphere to get down there. And when she finally gets down there, she sees the same guy waddling by. Like, it took the same amount of time, yeah. but was way harder. <laughs> and it, it, it cracked me up. Just seeing that 
Because he's like <laughs> this hobbled old man with a cane, just slowly making his way. Got down there just as fast as they did. And it's like it wasn't faster to go <laughs> jump off the roof. Um, but it was cooler. It was way cooler. Uh, Vi gives Caitlin her new clothes, um, and they 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 look like proper undercity folk now. Uh, we go and see. Uh, Victor has new theories about magic after his vision, uh, talking about how before they were just kind of blindly trying to figure out runes that did things and then apply those runes to do stuff. Uh, and he's like, that's not how wizards work. Uh, according to the legends, wizards just make the runes do whatever they want. So he's trying to figure it out. He's got a new piece of hex tech there and he's, he's working on it. Um, we get back to, uh, Caitlin and Vi. Uh, they're at that, uh, food stall, which is a, a fun little scene of Vi just slurping down gross, uh, tentacles. <laughs> Orange stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. With the giant fish man. Uh, Caitlin is learning how it's done in the Undercity. She's like, why aren't we interrogating him? And Vi's like, I was hungry. Shut up. <laughs> but, uh, at the end of it, we see that Vi still gets a lead. Uh, so Caitlin's like, oh, okay, I, I get it. There's, you know what you're doing. You're not just jerking me around. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We jump from them to uh, uh, Mel and Jace. Uh, they are at, uh, yeah, this is the opera scene, right? Okay, I think, it, I think it's when they're at the opera. Um, they, uh, Mel is explaining things to Jace. Like, Jace, you're doing a bad job. Uh, you're screwing over all the other nobles. You're making yourself... Common enemy number one here. Public enemy number one. Everyone, everyone's going to try to make you fail. Everyone's going to be out to get you because you are screwing with everyone's stees. Uh, she kind of shows how like nobody is there listening to the, this opera other than Heimerdinger, which I think is a fun little display. Like Heimerdinger's there enjoying the actual performance. Everyone else is playing politics there. You know, plotting and planning and making... Um, we jump back to Jinx, who goes to that little arcade that the kids were hiding out in uh, in Act 1. Um, she uh, shoots a raven. I don't know why. <laughs> she's just, wild and crazy. Yeah, this bird like startles her, and she like pulls the gun on it and just kind of looks at it, and then shoots it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> mm. uh, and then she like psychs herself up. You know, This is after she had her little you know, traumatic... Uh, like flashback, she goes to the the punch machine, the the boxing machine, and like psychs herself up and decides to beat Vi's high score. Tries to, uh, she gets real close. She gets the second high score, but she's obviously very frustrated, uh, and shoots the machine then too. Uh, I I really like that scene because it's like flashing back yeah. between uh, Vi doing it when they were there and uh, Jinx fighting it now. Uh, I like how Jinx yeah. doesn't and fight like. Vi. <laughs> yeah, and that's well. That's like the point I kind of was trying to make in the first episode without giving anything away. Is that like this them hanging out and doing our stuff in the arcade? Uh, it's not like a throwaway moment, you know. It's it's yeah. It's meaningful and referenced again, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's real good. Uh. Yeah, because it, it's like a it's been a running theme that Jinx doesn't want to feel useless, doesn't want to feel weak. She wants to right. be part of it. Um, so, like, she wants to, like, she's trying to prove to herself that she's as good as Vi was, and she doesn't quite get there, and that's only adding to her stress. Like, you can see it really bothers her that she didn't beat the score, and she is, like, 
she is like stressed when she is going at it. She is straining hard. Uh, and she's like, yeah, throwing bows, throwing big kicks at this machine, trying to beat that high score. Um, yeah, so we jump back to Jace and Mel at the opera. Uh, Mel gets a uh, lesson, uh, like one of the nobles, I, I think it was Amara, I think was her name. Like Mel is teaching him about politics. Like if you want to get, if you want things to happen the way you want them to, you have to play ball with people. Is like she's he's like but they you know it was corrupt it was illegal and he's like and Mel's like these are minor things these are favors among friends um to just kind of look the other way they're, they're harmless little things but if you do that then they'll owe you and they'll work for you um and it kind of clicks with Jace and he is surprisingly good at it he's like okay and he kind of dives into it uh and he goes around the opera making making deals you know fixing what he did um mel kind of showed him the play it up as jace is taking control he nullified everyone's former deals and then if you want your deals you got to come through jace you gotta you gotta kiss the ring now uh but he does it in a very charming and charismatic way jace is a he's a very handsome young man and he's very affable when he wants so yeah 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 <laughs> and again we get shots of heimendinger just kind of out of the loop enjoying the opera he doesn't play politics He's a scientist, and he assumed Jace was a scientist, too. Right. Um, from there, we go back to Kate and Vi, uh, who go to the local brothel, um, showing Kate's pretty far out of her comfort zone, as she's, you know, they're walking through the, the room, uh, you know, the hallway, and she's getting to peek into rooms and seeing, seeing all kinds of sexy stuff, presumably. Uh, Vi, I, I feel like, is trying to ditch caitlin for a minute like yeah she that's what it feels like she's like pawning her pawning her off trying to get her to like hey take it easy for a minute talk to some folks around here while i go do this right uh kind of thing and kate's so far out of her comfort zone she kind of gets stumbled into it like vi just grabs some some random weirdo in there and uh makes kate talk to him and is like see what you can get out of him kind of thing my parents named me Matilda. <laughs> it's real awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's real good. Uh, we also get to see the little gimp, you know, Yorl there. And it's so good, dude. So good. <laughs> Just casually walking Broke down the, the hall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, well, Vi kind of goes, oh, the yeah, the, the scene there with, between Vi and Kate there is, is got memed on the internet real, real good. Yeah. I mean, it's hot. It's a hot scene, you know. I, yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Kate's like, I just uh, want those two crazy kids to get together. You know? Yeah, yeah. Kate's like, you know, why? Why are we here? What? You know, what are we doing? Vi's like, just let them think you work here. And and Caitlin's like, absolutely not. <laughs> right. And and she's like, you know what your problem is? You want people to give you what you want. But you're you got to make it seem like you have what everyone wants as well. And Caitlin's like, "Well, what what do I have that they want?" But I was like, "You're hot," and you know, it flusters her a bit. And you know, it does the the big meme scene is Vi gives her a once over, like looks at her boobs, looks at her butt. It's like you're hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's really so quick good. in the show. But like people yeah. like pulled the frames where it happened. Right. Right. <laughs> And it's very funny. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, yeah, and then Vi gives her, you know, puts the hand on the wall behind her and kind of corners her. And it's like, so what'll it be, men or women? Uh, and, you know, Caitlin. And then that's when they grab the weirdo and kind of corners Caitlin with it while Vi goes off to talk to uh, the head of the brothel. Uh, but yeah, that's a it's a real fun scene. It, Caitlin and, and Vi have a fun dynamic. Yeah. And like it. I think I kind of say this often with shows I like a lot. It's like, I wish there was more time that we could, like, get. Like, I want to know what's up with that brothel, you know? Like, yeah. who's that lady? Like, what's going But I get it. You know, that's yeah. not the point of the story. And they, they're doing a great job telling a story. But Yeah, it's pretty inconsequential. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it seems interesting. You know, the little goblin lady. I don't know what she's, yeah. what her deal is. She's obviously seen some shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, so we from there we jump to Marcus with Silco again. Uh Marcus is confronting Silco further, saying, Hey, Jace is really pushing hard for us to crack down on things. Silco's like, Well, good. You know, here's some evidence that it was the firelights. Take them in. You know, it's one of Jinx's grenades. Um, and Marcus picks it up and he has like this dream sequence. Like he imagines Silco confronting him, like, what are you gonna do? Pretend to be the hero that you always, you know, hoped you could be and, you know, sacrifice yourself and shows Marcus pulling the pin and blowing them both up Yeah. Uh, before jumping back to reality and Marcus not being able to do it. Because he's pathetic. Because he's pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. Although he does that. He has a little girl. Probably the right choice, but whatever. Yeah. 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 But Silco notices that Marcus is becoming more increasingly difficult to work with. Yeah. Um, from there, uh, Jinx, uh, man, I, in the notes, I just wrote Jinx needs to get over her trauma. Uh, oh, it's, it's the scene with, uh, Silco and Jinx, uh, I forget how it, how oh, it comes about. Oh, yeah, and he's like, you need to. You need to, let, yeah, get just, rid of your fear. Yeah, he's kind of saying, yeah, you just, you need to confront it. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I really like all the Jinx and Silco scenes, too. Like, they're, 100%. they're all quality. Yeah. There, yeah, uh, yeah. At this point, we're kind of we like it's jumping quickly between scenes too. Like yes, and it, again, it, it never, scene. yeah, it never feel bad. Like it, everything feels like it's all the scenes are feel like they're building to towards a similar point. Right, um, it's real good stuff. So uh, yeah, we get we jump back to Vi, who's talking to uh, the Goblin Mademoiselle of the uh, brothel. Uh, uh, she looking for information about Silco. You know, she gets a tip that Silco's number two hangs around the brothel pretty often. She'll, you know, get Vi the information about where she's at. Vi is, you know, pumped about that. On her way out, she sees Caitlin has kind of eased into uh, <laughs> mm. her position there. She's like actually in a room, like lounging, talking to this woman there, and. Vi kind of is like, oh, well, good for yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it, I think it's a real cute scene. Um, we go, we jump back to uh, Mel and Jace. Uh, you know, Mel is real impressed with Jace. They start to make out. Um, we jump to Victor, who is working on his lab. Uh, this is where we meet Sky Young again, who is obviously flirting with him. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to talk about Sky Young. Okay. Um, yes. Your theory or the theories. Uh, maybe maybe I can. Maybe I have to wait until the episode six. You know what? Let's just do it. 
Let's doing it right do now? It. Yeah. Okay. So in episode six, we get a we get a flashback to young Victor, uh, the kid that's overlooking the the ravine at him oh. is is Sky because the another kid calls for her. She's like, yeah. Sky, come over here, and so she leaves. So Sky is obviously she's been infatuated with Victor for a while. Yeah. And became I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, her hairstyle also matches one of the firelights. The firelight, oh. who in the end picks up the MacGuffin, has that same like pulled up puffball ponytail. Uh, and because Sky Young has also apparently grown up in the Undercity, I think there's a good chance that she is a firelight. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so she is a firelight, and she works close to Victor and Jace. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm looking at an image of it. It is the same. Like, I I would be very surprised if it is not the case. Right. Yeah. Very interesting. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, yeah. So, Victor is oblivious to her flirting. Like, she is like, you know, are you heading home? You know, we could walk together. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to stay here. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, there's always tomorrow. But uh, Victor is obviously getting sicker, and he doesn't think there's going to be a tomorrow. He's kind of dismissive of it. There's there's a lot of memes about that, too. Like, you know, pussy is temporary. Glorious evolution is permanent (laughs) or whatever, you know? Oh, that's okay. That's a spoiler for you. Oh no, I know. I know okay. that he's yeah. yeah Victor. Well, I, I mentioned that Victor is a champion. Yeah, yeah that is yeah. that is whole his whole shtick is he becomes you know a dentist mechanist kind of guy. <laughs> right. Well, and his his hero name is still Victor, right? It is. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of hard to not bump. Well, if, but if yeah. you're blind to League of Legends, though. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um. But yeah. So he he's getting sicker. Uh, oh yeah, he he coughs up and passes out on the on his table, and we see right. that that scene of his blood getting sucked into the into the hex tech magic. Uh, well, that's going on. Jason Mel bone down. Uh, it's a real weird sex scene because it's uh, what is what is going on? What is the overlay of that scene? Like they keep flashing other things while they are doing it, and I forget. Mm. I didn't write it down in my notes, but it's a weird scene. <laughs> Yeah, it, it doesn't it, jump to mind actually. Like I just, well, it, it shows you know it shows them you know gently making love, but there's like like interposed with that are scenes of other things. <laughs> right, I, it's real weird. There's just like blue light, right, in the back. No, no, there's something else. Um, okay. Uh, then we flash to Silco. no, yeah, it's it's because it uh, Victor's working on that like. Is it I don't at the even same know what time? That thing is. Yeah, yeah. So they're just cutting back and forth between them. But it's I think, like, you know, it's, like, it's a juxtaposition like, between their. It's like overlaid, though. It's not like jumping between them. It's overlaid. Uh, I'm watching it right now. It's jumping back and forth between them. Oh my God. They, so graphic. Yeah. yeah, did you forget that? They... <laughs> oh, no. The... Yeah, it is. Like, it's. So, yeah, yeah it's showing like. Uh, it's showing like the magic. Uh, like, the same coloring is kind of replacing the coloring of their flesh. You know? It's real. It's, it's, it's weird. I think it's supposed to be showing how it's, it's sex is magic. It's sex is magic. Sex you is know? magic, man. That's I know, but it's the that's how that's how you teleport, man. You gotta bone down a little bit. <laughs> the power of boating. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's all right. It's artistic. I mean, if you're gonna do a sex scene in a show like this, that's probably the way to do it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I thought it was a little odd. She doesn't take off her like gold trimmings on her body. Like that's just that's like jewelry or something. That's do you like, know how long her. that would take to take off? I don't know. 
You're gonna know, doff. I, you're gonna doff your armor before you bone down. That's like no. That's like part of her, that's like part of her body because she wakes up with it on too. Like not her clothes. Like no, you I know see what you're her. Saying. Yeah, like yeah, her, her like gold affectations. Are yeah, not. yeah. There's like part of her body. It's real weird. I don't know. She's. I don't. Know. Whatever, dude. Her character design is one of my favorites. She can do whatever the hell she wants. She looks awesome. No, you're you're not wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't change uh. either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from there, we jump back to the uh, river with Silco and Jinx. Um, Silco is explaining what happened to uh, him when uh, he was kind of reborn into who he was, and kind of he baptizes Jinx in a very similar way. Yeah, like, you need you need to let go of your sister of your past, and you just need to. Jinx is perfect. Uh, I wrote oh. down let let the crazy win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from there, we get an impromptu Imagine Dragons music video. Only Question part of the show I don't like. <laughs> it's Vi walking through the Undercity. Yeah. To the Imagine Dragons, you know, everyone wants to be my enemy song. Them uh, being in like, the show is super stupid. They're like there, like their characters in the Undercity playing it. Um, it's a little, it's a little weird. I don't super like that. <laughs> yeah, they could cut it out, and it would the show would be better. They really they hammer. It's it's useless. I heard someone describe Imagine Dragons as like they're they're like the new Nickelback for this genre of music that they are. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All their shit sounds the same. It's for some reason it's inexplicably super popular. I don't get it. Uh, Yeah, I this is yeah only part of the show I didn't like. It's the final note I wrote of like things I really wanted to talk about (laughs) was. The Imagine, Imagine Dragons, Dragons music video. <laughs> super dumb. Yeah. It's real weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's Vi it, presumably heading out to find Silco's number two that she was given the hint about. Uh, we jump back to uh, Victor. He's in the hospital. Jace went and found him. Or Jace was told about it. I don't, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how it happened either because I thought it was a little weird because he was in there. Their love Lab. bed. <laughs> Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he he leaves he in the got middle a of the text night or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he leaves her in the middle of the night without telling her what's going on. Uh, <laughs> to go, yeah, it's real. It's real convenient for their future relationship that Victor is dying because otherwise that would have been a dick move, you know. <laughs> like maybe he just maybe he bailed. Maybe he's that kind of guy. But then he found out Victor was in the hospital. He goes there, and then when he goes back to Mel, he's like, "Oh, Victor was dying. I had to go." You didn't wake me up. You didn't say anything. He, he smashed with like one of the most powerful people, as far as we know, in the world, right? Yeah. And he's like, well, sure. I'm not going to stay over. It's so I awkward. Over. I got an early morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then the next day, he's like, that was a dick move. Oh, my, my buddy. I'm so sorry. My buddy's done. Yeah. But yeah, we get Victor in the hospital. He seems to be very aware that he is dying. And he asks, like, how much time does he have? We don't know. They don't tell us. Um, we jump back to, uh, the Undercity, we see Savika playing cards in a back alley, having a good old time, and then, uh, Vi comes in with a flying knee into her face. Like a bolt of lightning. She sends her spliff into next (laughs) Tuesday. It is the best. Oh, they, when they, they slow down, dude, and they just, they just let you sit on that scene, and, uh, Savika's fucking face mangled. And just yeah. Vi is in that, I mean, that power knee. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? 
It's so cool. So good. Yeah, because we see Vi like Caesar, and we know oh the confrontation is coming. Yeah, Savika just like won a hand of cards, and she's like, "Better luck next time, boys!" And then, bam! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, it, Brent said it proceeds to have like one of the best Vi fights uh, in the series. It was so good. It's so dirty. Like, uh, it is. It is uh, a it did... rough back alley street fights. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of this. Is what I was I was telling my wife about this uh, about the the choreography and the fight scenes in this show are so yeah. good because the things that are so difficult to do in and this is such a novel like it's such a simple fucking idea that I don't know why more show, more cartoons haven't done but or more animated stuff hasn't done. Yeah, the things that are hard to do that make good fight scenes in in live action stuff is so easy to do in animation. It's like, oh, how about how about a 10-minute unbroken, or, you know, not 10 minutes too long, but whatever, three minutes of unbroken fighting. We're not yeah. going to change, you know, we're not going to change camera angles. We're just going to let you stay in it. And you don't do that in live action because if somebody screws up, you got to shoot the whole thing again, right? Yeah, sure. That's not a problem in animation. So the fight, it really reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Daredevil. The uh, Netflix show. Oh yeah, yeah. That hallway. I thought, fight I thought you were going to say that. Uh, what? What is it? Uh, old boy. <laughs> what is it? Oh, old boy. Was that what you were thinking of? Or where, no, the 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 scene where they uh, it's, the um John Carpenter movie where they just beat the crap out of each other in the back alley for like ten minutes. Oh, they live. <laughs> they live. No, yeah. because that's that's a very funny fight scene too. Although that <laughs> is a great fight scene that has a lot of humor built in. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, where, it's, it's a very like throwdown, dirty fight scene where like they're yeah. getting tired and these. It's we're very talking brutal. about my two favorite fights, but <laughs> no, but it's just like it's just like that bridge fight scene, dude. It's like Vi starts falling behind, and you can just like you can see in her face, and like yeah. specifically in her, she's like in her jaw. She's like, okay, it's time, and she just gets that face, and she's like, I'm gonna punch the shit out of your tum tum. You're not gonna poop right for a week. You know, like <laughs> oh, it was gets her up against the wall, knees her. How many times in a movie have you ever seen a woman get kneed in the crotch? Right? That's so good. Like never, dude. And I so bet that good. shit hurts so bad. Oh, it's it's great. <laughs> Nobody feels good after this fight. They both feel like complete shit. I am sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh so V gets the first strike there. Uh, and pins, like, Savika up against the wall. Like, she thinks she's got her already. Uh, yeah. This is when it's revealed that Savika, her, her busted arm, oh, it's actually a robot arm now. And she quickly overpowers uh, uh, Vi in that situation. Yeah. Do I keep, do I keep saying V? Do I keep calling You Vi did v? just that one time. I don't, okay. I haven't noticed it before. I super noticed it that time. Okay. <laughs> so I think you, I, th- I don't think you have been. Because I was looking at my notes and I want to yeah, read, when you read it. <laughs> yeah, when you read it. No, you're right. <laughs> I don't but think yeah. you have. Uh, but yeah, so Savika uh, quickly overpowers her. Um, and, and, you know, from that point, uh, Vi is realizing, oh, she's got a robot arm. This is rough. Uh, like, gets both of her arms pinned under it and gets just headbutted a couple times. Real yeah. good. Um, then the fight kind of breaks, gets a little bit more even, but it looks like Savika might have, like, the upper hand, like, she's, she's got shimmer in the arm that, like, beefs her up, and, um, yeah, but eventually, yeah, Vi just gets a couple good hits, and she's just unrelenting. 
Uh, doesn't let Zavika like catch her breath. Right. And then, yeah, eventually corners her and just keeps hammering her. Uh, he's fucking slamming her head into the wall. Yeah. Punch her again. Slam her head into the other wall. <laughs> Kicks her leg out. Knees her in the face again. He's just a, such a dirty fighter. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. Eventually, like, Savika stumbles back to her feet and, like, Vi is just all jacked up and just, like, a, a flying fucking kick and knocks her through a wall. <laughs> it's real good. Yeah. Best fight of the show. Yeah, best fight of the show for me. That's fair. It, it's yeah. it's definitely the best Vi fight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Vi wins, beats the crap out of Savika, and wants to know where Silco is keeping powder. Uh, Savika's like, do you mean Jinx? She uh-huh. works. She works for Silco. She's like his daughter. And while that information is trying to process for Vi, Savika stabs her with the robot hand in the gut. Gotcha, bitch. Uh, uh, yep, and is about to like finish her off. Kate intervenes to save the day. Snipes the uh, the like vial of shimmer on the arm that's like powering it, and the arm goes slack. Uh, Savika tries to run away, gets shot a couple more times in the metal arm. It's real disappointing that Kate didn't decide to, like, shoot her in the leg. But whatever. You know. I know. She's a great shot, but she could have stopped her. I I just assume she didn't do it on purpose. You know? She she shot her in that metal arm on purpose. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to kill anybody. And dumb bitch. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a very good sniper who's, you know, a pacifist, but whatever. Um, Yeah, so Kate comes to the rescue. Uh, They have... Vi and Kate have a, a nice little scene there, uh, where they it's it apparent that Caitlin has earned Vi's respect with you know being safe like that. He's like, "Oh, you're you're a pretty good shot," and Caitlin's like, "I am an excellent shot." <laughs> <laughs> and she's and Vi's like, "Why did you let her get away? You know, now Silco will know we're here." And Caitlin's like, "Well, whose fault is that?" <laughs> you know, she, Vi's the one who went out and sought the fight right. by herself. Right. Um. Vi calls her cupcake a few more times. It's very funny. That's again reference the voice lines and in, in the actual. It's adorable. I, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They, They're it's my a favorite couple. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go back to uh, Jinx working on the hex tech. Uh, she seems to be figuring stuff out. Uh, and Savika stumbles into Silco's office and tells her, uh, tells him that uh, Vi is. And so it goes like from the dead, and that's where it ends. <laughs> I was like, like it's it's very serious, but just the way he delivers it, like he's like actually surprised. He's like from the dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he bleeds yeah. for a second. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Silco obviously recognizes that Vi being back is a problem for Jinx, and he. Uh, he, I think he prioritizes Jinx above a lot of things right there. And I, I think he that's does, cool. dude, because he's a good ass dad. I mean, he's <laughs> evil. You know, he's a good ass evil dad. But if loving your kid is like the bar you set for how yeah. good a dad is, he's a good ass dad. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the worst dads out there. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is a great episode. Um, yeah, the Zavika Vi fight is real, real good. Uh, Jinx kind of becoming Jinx officially is real good. Yeah, uh, this is—I I would say this is my favorite. This is my favorite episode. I just—I love being in Zon. You know, 
Yeah. And I, I just, man, I just want to, I just want to hang out there a bunch. Yeah. It's so much more, it's so much more interesting than the, than uh, Piltover by itself. I mean, the political intrigue stuff I do like. Right. Uh, but the, yeah, I mean, it's just so dirty and like, it's, it's scary, but it's intriguing at the same time. You know, it's like, it's, I wouldn't want to live very, there. <laughs> it's very neon and punky. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, I really like the style, you know, I just, I really dig it. Yeah. And it feels like terrible things can happen there. We're like Piltover, you know, whatever. It's some dumb shining city on the hill, whatever. Yeah, the only, the only terrible Boring. things that are happening in Piltover are from the Undercity. Right, right, right. <laughs> Jinx blowing up a few buildings. Right. Um, so episode six, uh, when these walls come crumbling down, uh... So this is the this is the climax of Act Two. Although from what I've seen of the teasers of for Act Three, Act Two and Act Three are very closely tied. There's there's this not gonna, seems like. yeah there's not going to be a time jump like there was between Act One right. and Two. Um, so uh, it opens with a young Victor. Uh, very sad. I hate seeing crippled loner children. It's like God damn it, it hurts. <laughs> Just be, yeah. be friends with him. I know. Play with his cool boat. <laughs> I know. I just kept thinking, like, I hope somebody grabs that boat for him. You know, like, it looks like he spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's playing off by himself. Other kids are, like, up on this ravine swimming. He's kind of down by himself. He's got this, like, little paddle boat, wind-up toy that he's made. And he's playing with it in there. And it starts going down the river. He's trying to chase after it. It's not going well because he's super limped. Um, eventually it goes into a little cave and he's chasing after it, uh, in the cave, uh, a mysterious man picks it up. Uh, it's the doctor uh, or singed. Um, and when, uh, Victor sees him pick it up, he kind of gasps and that triggers this giant, like salamander monster, the kind of growl, uh, and scares Victor. Um, but the doctor assures him it's fine. It's safe. This is... His big salamander monster, his name is Rio. He's a big sweetheart. Come feed him this, I don't it's like a mushroom he's got. I thought it was a flower, but I guess it could be well, a mushroom. Yeah, It's something. It's it's some kind of gooey treat. It's, right. well, it's like wet. It's got something going on. Right. Well, I just feel, I just thought it was just, you know, full up of meg. No. But. Um, <laughs> okay. The doctor, you know, kind of sympathizes with young Victor. Um. Because he's like, why aren't you playing with the other children? And Victor comes out around and shows that he's crippled. And he's like, ah, well, you know, the, the genius mind is often the sign of a lens. He, he obviously, he sees a bit of himself in young Victor. Or, you know, realizes, hey, I was I was a lonely kid too. Um, he explains that Rio is uh, this mutation that he cultivated. We don't know exactly what that means. Um, but he is dying, and he's endeavoring to prevent that from happening. And Victor offers to help, uh, which the doctor agrees to. Uh, aside, I assume that's where Shimmer comes from? Yeah, that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. For so sure. Okay. Yeah, they show him in the tank. They do show him um, in the tank later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we got, so why was why was there a bunch of Shimmer on the boat then? Oh, they were selling it to other cities? or. Or, yes, yeah, they yes, must have been to other cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Silco is using Shimmer to increase his wealth, power, right? He's an industrialist. He's an industrialist. Yeah. Uh, we cut back to present day Victor, who is, you know, he's kind of sitting uh, there where he was where, when he was a kid, uh, just kind of overlooking like little back alley drainage area. Um, 
Heimerdinger comes and talks to him, kind of consoles him a little bit. But Victor is worried that he hasn't done enough with his life uh, now that his death is so close. Um, and then we kind of see why Victor is pushing to do the things he is with Hexton. Like he, I, I don't know if it's just about his legacy. I assume he wants to live, but uh, it seems to be he is he wants to live long enough to do something good. I yeah, think. he wants to help people, and he doesn't feel like he's done it yet. Yeah. He wants to help specifically people like him as a child. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. I, his uh, illness is awful, too. Is uh, well, he gets to it later, but yeah, when he talks about how he's like, I can feel my body, like... Eroding, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, eroding, oh my god, yeah. Oh, so terrible. Yeah. Not great. Um, from there, we get back to Mel, who's a little upset that Jay's ditched her in the middle of the night. She's out painting on a balcony. Um, she's actually painting the, uh, uh, the Noxus, like, skyline or bay or whatever. Yeah. Uh, further that, I mean, I think at that point, that's the hint that Mel is from Noxus. Uh, Jace comes in, apologizes for ditching her, but says, Victor's dying. And that kind of shifts the mood. It looks like she, she's like, oh, sorry. I didn't realize you guys were so close. (laughs) He's so deep. I can fix them. Yeah. Well, and she's like, why, why did you come to me? Why did she, why did you come tell me this? Uh, why'd you confide in me about this? I don't know. I just feel like when I'm with you, I can do anything or anything is possible. Cur splash. She is into that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that is what she was trying to like convince you. Like, obviously. Yeah, no, I know. But I don't think that that's like, I, well, anyway, I'm still, I'm still not convinced Mel's like evil. No, I'm not either. I I think there, I think it's like. 60-40, like, she likes Jace slash is yes. using him. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's it's getting muddled for her. I think yeah. initially she was like, I get, I bet I can, you know, get get some get some leverage using this boy. Yeah. And it's like, and oh, he, he, is, that. he is pretty cute, and he yeah, is he a got dynamite lay. <laughs> he got that stubble between three episode three and four. I was like, oh. All He's right. got that, that five o'clock stubble. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we go back to... Uh, Victor, uh, he is uh, looking at his hex core uh, and his blood splatter, and he remembers his blood going into it, and he reaches out to touch it, and there's a reaction. We don't know what that means. Um, then we jump to the last drop. Uh, this is actually my favorite scene, I think, in the series. Okay. Uh, between Chuck and Jinx. Uh, I, it, just, it, really, it really makes me smile. This, like, dopey guy, and Jinx just, you know, basically having her way with him. Yeah. <laughs> and he, there is something like, like, there's nothing he can do. You can tell, like, he is scared of her. Yeah. And he's, and he's really, like, trying to walk on eggshells and not, like, provoke her. And he's there's just, something, like, kind of like a dark DreamWorks vibe about it or something. Like, it's, yeah. uh, like, in a, like, in another movie, it would be like a, oh, it's funny, look how quirky she is, right? Yes. But this is like, oh, it's funny, and, like, she's gonna fucking kill that guy. <laughs> you know, like... like yeah. yeah, yeah. We we already know she's... A, she, uh, her her tag is the loose cannon. Like, she... She, I assume, at this point, just kills people on, on a whim at times, you know? Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like, yeah. The, he's there in the bar by himself, just, like, cleaning glasses. The doors fly open. He looks up, like... Thinking somebody's like busted in, doesn't see anybody, and goes back and jinx at the bar, like, hey, Chuck, and it startles the crap out of him. And he's like, no, my 
Theorem. My my name is Theorem. And she's like, ha ha, good one, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Very dismissive. Uh, and she just like gestures at him and he like starts pouring her a drink. Uh, she's obviously plugging him for information. She's like, so what's the hubbub, Chuck? And she's like, oh, uh, the boss wanted us to go grab somebody up. And like, grab who up, Chuck? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like, girls, just just some girl. You know, he's he's trying not to. I don't know how much he knows, but he's obviously trying to stay on her good side and tell her what she wants to hear. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's like she keeps gesturing with her hand for him to do things like that's when he pours the drink and then puts the straw in it, uh, which I, I think is super fun. Mm. And she's she's like dragging the information out of him. what girls like any girl, you know, who who are we grabbing? He's like, uh, apparently a couple girls did a number on Savika. And she's like, oh, which number? He's like, it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're you're doing great. Yeah, she she hugs him yeah. and it's like, oh, you're doing great, Chuck. Here yeah. <laughs> for your troubles. And then she grabs her drink and runs, and he's and he hears the chattering of the teeth. She strapped a grenade to his back, and he, I assume, thinks he's about to die, but it turns out to be just one of the harmless paint grenades. Right. <laughs> yeah, I assume there's supposed to be a lot of menace in that scene for Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I don't know, just the way it plays. Like she is so lighthearted and silly about it. It's just, it makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. I really like that scene. Yeah, it's good. Uh, uh, well, it's good. It's a good, like, tonal shift, too, because things are, things are pretty dour, you know? Vi's bleeding yeah. out somewhere. It, it's uh, like peak, peak jinx, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's being, she's being very, she's being very good, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, we get, we jump back to Vi and Kate, who are running from goons. Um. Uh, Vi sees a spot kind of overlooking a cliff and this, like, tower, this giant sign. It, it looks like a water tower. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. It's built into a sign. It looks real rickety, and she's like, we're going down here, and Caitlin's like, can you even? And she jumps off and has has a hard time <laughs> getting down there, but Caitlin follows. Listen, she got to the bottom, okay? She <laughs> did. The point she was lived. to get to the bottom. She got to the bottom. She did that after having, like, I don't know, three inches of metal finger stabbed into her kidneys. So she, yeah, yeah, she did pretty good. <laughs> She's fine. Yeah. She's fine. Uh, and we see, yeah, we see the firelight leader watching from afar. The goons, like, miss them. And Vi and Kate kind of uh, get into this uh, shack at the bottom. Uh, there we jump back to Savika uh, going to report to Silco, but uh, report to uh, Silco that they lost Vi and Caitlin. But Jinx is in his chair and confronts her and is like, lost who? And Savika triggers a trap from Jinx that knocks her out. Alright, yeah, she's she's stepping through those uh those like trip wires. Yeah. So cool. Such a cool scene. Yep. You know, uh, just to get to see how 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 formidable Jinx is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She she definitely is one step ahead of people, it seems right. like. Yeah. Um so, yeah, Savika passes out. We jump to Marcus getting home. Uh, he's definitely having an identity crisis. Like, he throws off his sheriff's badge. Uh, he's not having a good time. Uh, he hears his daughter giggling and goes up to her room and sees her, kind of smiles as she's playing until he realizes somebody else is in the room. He opens the door further and sees Silco sitting there playing blocks with his daughter and two of Silco's goons just kind of hanging out in there, too. And, again, that... It's a very menacing scene, but it's also funny because his goons are so dopey. Yeah. 
I thought that like, was Deckard. Uh, no, yeah, it was. Uh, it's just some other guy, some fucking wall-eyed individual yeah, sitting there reading yeah. that kid's book. I know he turns that page. Well, he looks like the guy who played Pennywise, <laughs> but like without the Pennywise makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> scars guard. One one of the scars guards. Yeah, yeah. One of those guys guard. Um, yeah, and Silco has this little scene with Marcus, like saying, "Hey, buddy, we need you. The we." Uh, we can't have Vi is back. Why is she back? She was with an enforcer. Why is she with an enforcer? This isn't good. You need to put a stop to this, or accidents will happen. You know, the, some good veiled threats with right. his daughter in the room. Um, again, for everything we see, where it's like, oh, maybe Simple isn't that bad of a guy. It's like, oh, nah, he's threatening children again. All right, <laughs> he's willing yeah. to kill well, the kids of his enemies. No, I took it as he was threatening Marcus, not the kid. Oh, no, I took it as he no, was cause threatening Marcus. No, because he's like, kid. I don't think so, because he's like, you know, Vi was about your age, she was separated from her dad, it'd be terrible if something like that happened to you. I took that as, they're going to kill Marcus, uh, not the kid. Uh, maybe, but I assume he wants Marcus to keep doing things so he would threaten the daughter. Uh, that's I yeah I just I didn't take it that way I took him as he's threatening the uh, threatening he was like because at the end he was like accidents happen and then destroys her toys you know right knocked him down no I know I just you know yeah, yeah I think I, I think he'll I think he'll murder a baby I think that's what he was saying maybe me <laughs> I don't I don't <laughs> I agree but I don't want to you know I don't want to watch watch and judge for yourselves yeah yeah I think you could definitely take it either but yeah that's my opinion yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so we get that. Uh, we hop back to uh, Victor and Jace. Uh, the hex core is apparently responding to organic matter. Victor's showing off. Look at how it makes this plant grow. Um, but then it dies immediately. It's rejecting this transmutation that's going on. They don't know what's. Mi- uh, we hop back to Vi, who needs medical attention. Uh, Caitlin is trying to help her. Um, uh, Vi is being a little standoffish about it. But she is quickly becoming delirious. Uh, uh, Caitlin realizes they're in Vi and Powder's old house, uh, presumably before Vander took her in, took them in. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a point where uh, uh, in there Vi's like, "I shouldn't have left you." And Caitlin, yeah. Caitlin thinks she's talking to her, but she's obviously talking to Powder. Uh, Powder, right? Yeah, because she's seen she's seen like real cool scenes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because she's, you know, not, not enough ragu in the, uh, in the old pasta <laughs> pot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Running a little low. A little low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we jump back to the lab. Heimerdinger is being shown um, the hex core growing plants. Um, and he is immediately terrified of it. Uh, he has those flashbacks back to the wizard destroying everything. And he's like, no, this, this has to be destroyed. It has to be destroyed now. Victor and Jace are like, whoa, whoa, take it easy. It's like, and he's like, no, absolutely not. If you if you've ever listened to anything I've had to say, listen to me now. We have to destroy this. And they're like, no way. This might save yeah. Victor. Um, and this is where Jace kind of resolves to go against Heimerdinger. Yeah, because like at the at the end of this uh, the scene previous to this with Jace and Victor, they're hoping he will help them. Yeah, they're like Heimerdinger's smart. Maybe he can help. Yeah, maybe he can yeah. figure out what we're missing here, and that's, that's right. why they keep going back to him. Because although we never see it, it is we are told Heimerdinger is a brilliant scientist. 
And since everyone so, says it, we're kind of forced to agree. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and it was just so odd, like the because like this this the trope would be that they're that they're doing these nefarious things like on purpose. I I, yeah. I just did it myself. They're not doing anything nefarious. They're yeah. they're just trying to help people. Right. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Uh, Heimerdinger isn't even opposed to that. He's just opposed to magic. He's like, no good can come right. from magic. Um, and yeah, so they have this standoff. Like, Jace is like, well, we'll go to the council and save it. It's it's for the council to decide. And Heimerdinger's like, mark my words, I will see that destroyed one way or another. Uh, yeah. We jump back to Kate and Vi. Uh, Vi kind of passed out. Caitlin decides to go try to find help. She steps out of the shack, and she finds our good buddy, Huck, uh, from episode one, uh, who was in the bar, and Vander helped him from the guys who were trying to screw him out of a deal. The kind of wormy guy with glasses. Uh, but he's got gross shimmer tumors all over him now, and, yeah. and lives at the, at the bottom of this ravine, like, tent town now. It's, it's where the poorest of the poor end up. The sick, the people who have nothing left, basically. Right. Um, he recognized Vi when they jumped down and came over and tried to help. Caitlin's like pointing a gun in his face, but it's like, oh, okay, we can, you know, there's a doctor, and he's like, well, there's no doctors down here, and you know, we're in a, a terrible bum town, but there's somebody that might be able. To. Takes her to this like a this apothecary fish woman, um, <laughs> who, yeah, <laughs> I I I like the scene a lot. I like the character. Yeah. Who's just like it, like ailment, and Huck is like, uh, I don't know. And Caitlin's like, oh, uh, she was stabbed, and she like whips up a potion real quick, and sets it on. It's like for trade. Caitlin's like, uh, fuck here, and gives her the gun. Uh, at which point, Fish Lady Apothecary finishes the potion and then trades it for the gun. Um, so Caitlin was willing to give up her only means of protection, furthest away from home that she is, to save Vi. Caitlin, Caitlin's a, she's a, she's a good egg. Is what we're learning here. He's a stand-up kid. Yep. Uh, we jump back to uh, Marcus coming in to uh, talk to Jace. Jace is, he's like frantically ready. He's hes trying to figure something out. He's, I assume, trying to come up with a scheme to protect the Hex core at that moment. Like he He's trying to figure out how to get rid of Heimerdinger yeah. at that point. Uh, Marcus tells him... Um, that uh, the firelights are the, the problem, um, but there's not much we can do about it. It's like, the only thing that we could possibly do is, like, short of uh, setting up checkpoints on the bridge and checking every person, there's nothing we could do. And Jace is like, well, fine, just do that. Because uh, that's what Jace, or that's what uh, Marcus uh, needs to do to catch Vi and Caitlyn, specifically, uh, is what Silco has kind of tasked him to do he's like you will we need to stop these two from coming back up or bad things will happen to you and your kid and marcus figures out a way to make that happen he kind of tricks jace into ordering him to do that um at that point marcus also uh mentions to him that a prisoner was released under jace's order by caitlin and wants the i don't know what the scene is supposed to show us he's just He's either just letting Jace know or just confirming that Jace doesn't know that this happened. Mm. Like, I don't I don't know what what we're supposed to learn from that interaction, because Jace is like, oh, uh, no, that's fine. We're it's fine. Yeah, it's handled. We, we got it handled. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it seems like it's from Marcus that kind of gauge if Jace knew or not. Yeah. 
Um, from there, we jump to the council discussing uh, what needs to be done. Um, Heimerdinger is kind of saying, "Well, we uh, what he what is he he's turning against the he says like no he talks about how they're a, a, they used to be of one mind." Oh right, 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 right. Yeah, but now they're now they're Divided. in different tribes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They need to be unified if they can put aside their their arrogance or their pride or whatever. Right. Uh, and Jace is like, "Hey, Heimerdinger, shut up. Uh, you talk you talk a big game, but what have you actually done around here?" Well, that's it. So when he's talking, he's doing this speech. Uh, yeah. He says to him, "Like, you can talk about the past all you want, but what are your plans for the future?" Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking it, you know, because like <laughs> in the real world, that's a lot of my problems with uh, politicians. I don't like. Is, yeah. You know, they can talk a lot about things they don't want, but then they don't offer up a solution. Right. Right. Yeah. And that and, was Jace's point there. Yeah. And that's Heimer, and that is Heimerdinger's character. You know, he could have he could have embraced this and been able and been able to have more. Um, more of an effect on how they worked with Matt, you know? Yeah, yeah. But instead, he just wanted to be, you know, white, or wet blanket, you know, nanny man. And he doesn't want, you know, just every every time there's something new, oh, no, hold on, wait, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. He, yeah. he always talks about what they shouldn't be doing, never what they should be doing. Right. And Heimerdinger's like, okay, Jace, I see what you're doing. This is obviously about your hex tech technology. Jace cuts him off, he's like, no. I think we've heard enough from you. I think, you know, we are obviously happy with everything you've done for the city and this council, but I think it is time for you to retire or for this council to send you off into retirement. Yeah. And he, Heimerdinger is stunned by this. All the other counselors are stunned. Uh, Jace looks to Mel and says, uh, it has to be unanimous. Uh, he's looking to Mel, trying like, he's saying, you have to support this too. Yeah. You know, it does the, the circle of influence there in the council. Uh, Heimerdinger, who's obviously the, the one who is left behind in this, uh, playing politics. Jace basically is calling in all his favors that he's recently acquired to kick Heimerdinger off the council. Uh, and it's sad. Uh, It is. Oh man. He's like, he's got that, he's got that wonderful mustache. Yeah. Heimerdinger looks like my one of my Shih Tzus, okay? <laughs> and he Is that just, why you like him so much? Oh, no, I mean, I like him so much because I think he's a super likable character. You know, no, he's, fair. He's, he's funny and he's sweet. Yeah. Uh, he's bad at politics. And he's just like looking at the camera and I just, I see my little baby Moira looking at me. Yeah. And she also has a wonderful mustache, you know? Yeah. And then it's it like, droops. Chase, a little don't do oh, this. Yeah. Chase, oh, do this. <laughs> breaks my heart. <laughs> Yeah, it's real yeah. good. Uh, but yeah, the council votes, and every single one of them votes yay and kick Heimerdinger off the council. Yeah. From there, we go back to Vi and Kate. Uh, Kate has given Vi the potion. Uh, it seems to work wonders. It like wakes her up, and she's like back on her feet. Um, I don't know if it's like a literal like magic healing potion or what, uh, but it seems to do good. It seems to work. Uh, but Silco uh, has found them. He confronts them outside. Uh, he's got a couple goons with him, uh, and a bunch of these uh, like wretched, like sick folk around him who are all like begging for the shimmer. It's clear that you know the promise of being given shimmer is what 
has turned against them. We specifically see Huck there, although Huck had helped them. He is so addicted to the Shimmer that he betrayed them for it as well. Right. Um, they, uh, Vi is out there talking to Silco, and they're having a little back and forth. Kate is trying to look for a way out. She's like, oh, I, I'm going to try to knock this rickety structure over onto them. She's, like, hitting it, and it's not falling, and then Vi, like, turns around and runs in and punches it as hard as she can, and the entire structure starts to collapse. So they they drop this giant, like, sign and water tower onto Silco in the game, while Vi and Kate, like, climb out the back and escape. Um, we see uh, Jinx had, uh, after... Conf- uh, oh, did we talk about Savika? Yeah. Reporting the to office? Jinx? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about, the, yeah, that she set off the tripwires and stuff. and. Oh, yeah, but we didn't... She gets... Uh, Jinx uh, interrogates her, too. After she wakes up. Right. Uh, and that's a good scene, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jinx has got her all tied up in the chair. And is like, you know, we got off on the wrong arm. Maybe we should try the other one. Because <laughs> Jinx, <laughs> Jinx is responsible for blowing up her arm. And I think Savika right. knows that. <laughs> um, but Savika's like, don't even bother threatening me. I'll tell you what's going on. Your sister is back. Vi is back. Uh, and she's got an enforcer with her. Uh, it looks like she's replaced you. Uh, and Jinx is like, you're lying. You know, why would you lie? And Savika's like, I'm not lying. It's only a matter of time before you implode again from this. And, you know, Silco sees how much of a liability you really are. And where, you know, we think this might, like, cause Jinx to snap again and have, like, a crazy outburst. She is fine. Like, it's it kind of seems like the she's staying as Jinx. Yeah. You know, she just, she sneezes in Savika's face instead. <laughs> um, at that point, and she's like, don't worry, you know, I, I'll make sure to let Silco know. Uh, so, uh, Jinx goes out to, uh, she climbs the, uh, she climbs a tower and lights the beacon that she had from Vi, trying to attract Vi to her. Um, yeah, and then, uh, we go to Victor, uh, Victor goes back to see the doctor, Singed. Um, before he, he, when he was a kid still, he left um, the doctor's care after seeing what had happened to Rio. Like, the doctor, like, has him hooked up to all these hoses. Rio looks miserable. And he, like, Victor freaks out. And the doctor's like, I thought you understood, you know, what needed to be done. And he runs yeah. away. It shows him returning now. Uh, the doctor is now in his singed gear. Like, he's got his face covered a bit. We see Rio in this tube behind him, and he comes in and says, I understand now. So apparently Victor's going to make some bad choices. Right. Uh, Silco gets back to his office, sees Jinx's scribble all over his desk with an arrow pointing up. He sees Savika tied up, hanging from the rafters there with liar written on her and a bunch of like graffiti on her face. Um... <laughs> Uh, which doesn't bode well for Silco. I thought a bunch of grenades were going to go off, but apparently they don't. Um, and then we see Jinx about to give up on the uh, the beacon as it kind of burns out. But right as it does, Vi climbs to the top and confronts her and says they have a reunion. Um, it's really sweet. It does break Jinx again. She's like, "Are are you real?" You know, and they they hug and they embrace and. She's like, it doesn't matter. Whatever you did, it doesn't matter. You had, you did what you did 
to survive. It's okay now. We're back together. That's all that matters. Uh, and we kind of think that, you know, maybe Powder is going to come back. But at this time, Caitlin catches up to her. And Jinx pushes Vi away and is like, who's that? And, you know, she has a little confrontation with Caitlin. It's like, oh, so Savika wasn't lying. You are here with an enforcer. What are you just, you here for the gemstone? And she's pointing the gun at everyone. And Vi's like, I don't even know what that is. What are you talking about? And Caitlin's like, wait a minute, you're Jinx. Um, and obviously Jinx, she's having like a breakdown at this point. It, like the voices are talking to her. Uh, specifically, it's, it's, I assume it's like Milo and Clagor's voices because it like yeah. flashes to them. What's there? Uh, they do this thing where they put them like on her back, kind of like those statues at the beginning of yeah, the, yeah, uh, in the opening. And it is it's so cool. Like and just it it's cool and Milo. very unsettling. Yeah, yeah Milo is <laughs> oh, it's so off putting. He looks like he's in like he's at his mouth though, like he's dead, leaning on her shoulder. It's I guess yeah. it's just supposed to show all the weight, you know, of the it's, her guilt that she's carrying. Yeah. It's, it's it's awful. To it's see. heavy. It is <laughs> yeah. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the that brief flash where we think Powder might still be in there is dashed. Is Jinx is there muttering to herself, being crazy, and Caitlin's like, "I didn't say anything." And she's like, "I wasn't talking to you." And they're like, "What the fuck is going on?" And she's pointing the gun at everybody, uh, and then she hears something and points the gun up at like uh, these like drainage pipes as the firelights come out again. Uh, the firelights run in and attack them. Uh, Kate, Vi, and Jinx kind of fight them off. Vi is, like, punching them. Uh, Jinx is going ham, like, attaching grenades to hoverboards, shooting her minigun at them. Uh, Caitlyn's kind of staying out of the fight. Um, she grabs the, the Hexec gem, but one of the, the firelights, like, kicks her in the face and knocks her out and grabs the gem. Uh, when This is the... We think... Uh, this is the one I think is Sky Young. You know, she has the hair... She picks up the gem and, like, recognizes it and immediately pulls out her smoke bomb and grabs Caitlyn and the gem and disappears. Yeah. Um, Vi is watching Jinx fight, and she's, like, stunned. She doesn't... She's obviously doesn't see her sister in her, I think. Right. Like, she's like, who... Like, Jinx is smiling as she's shooting these guys. She's, like, beating this one dude up with her minigun, just, like, bashing his head in with it kicking his ass she's like i don't this isn't powder <laughs> right it's very traumatizing and then when she's like distracted by that one of the firelights knocks her out um the firelight leader stops the guy from killing vi and is like no take her and they you know pull the smoke bomb and they get away leaving jinx there by herself jinx seems like she has a a real bad time with that and <laughs> and that's where it ends and that's act two that's act two yeah yeah who oh boy real good Real good, you know. Good. I mean, the, so far the show's just getting better. I'm, I'm so very excited for active. I know. Canada. As of recording this, those new episodes start in two days. Yeah, very excited. Super excited. Yeah, um, uh, everything has been happening. Like that, that last fight scene with the the firelights is so good. Vi yeah. like seeing Jinx. Like this is the first time Vi has seen Jinx. Like Caitlyn's kind of seen it. Um, you know, the goons all know her. But yeah, yeah. seeing like who Powder has become finally, and I she's know. like she's like in sad disbelief. <laughs> yeah, well, just the juxtaposition of where Powder was at the end of Act One, like that pathetic puddle of emotions on Silco, you know, and then now yeah. she's she's I cackling mean, she's like, gleefully as she's murdering yeah. people. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, legit, she's like she's like Harley Quinn and the Joker, I guess. You know, she's got yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's as murderous as the Joker. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when she's just beating that firelight with her fucking minigun, just cracking him with it, it's like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. super excited for more. It's really so good. good. I know. It's I can't so wait. Uh, I I really like Vi and Kate's dynamic. I. I hope they keep flirting with them being a couple. You know, it's always been like a crack ship in the uh, in the community. So I I like that they are hinting at it a little bit more strongly in, in yeah. Arcane. Uh, Caitlin is super cute. She's got that little tooth gap. Very adorable. Adorable. She's very, she's very proper and British. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a Vi fan. Like, I can't... Uh, Vi is you know, so good. She is... she's, she's my favorite character in this. Like... I yeah. want to make like D and D characters based on her. She's just the best. You know, yes. I love her so much. Get her. Get thrown up against the wall by Vi. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, her Caitlin, man. I know. I just I want that to happen so much. <laughs> They're just so good for each other. You know, They're yeah. like opposite puzzle pieces. Shut up. Yeah. They're the best. <laughs> no, hundred percent. Well, do oh, you know. Okay. Uh, well, in League of Legends, Caitlyn is the sheriff of Piltover, and Vi is one of her enforcers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so now you do. Uh, that's that's where their dynamic comes from. Oh, okay. Although Vi is kind of like the troublemaking enforcer. Uh, well, sure. Because she's Vi, and she's sure. got big, big fuck you hextech fists. Yeah. Um, and then Caitlyn's always kind of been of a she's she's always been a Kiraman, so she's always the noble born leader of the cops. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they they have a fun dynamic, and it's it's really being you know explored to much greater effect here in in, in Arcane. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I can't wait. Excuse me, I can't wait to see Echo. Uh, I presume he's the Firelight leader. I yeah, I like the Firelights mean, a lot. Actually, I, I feel like I didn't make that super clear but i'm i'm stoked whenever they're on screen it's it's no, they're so very, they're, they're cool yeah, yeah it's they do such a good job like it's not realistic obviously like the way those hoverboards kind of pull them by their feet but it looks amazing you know yeah yeah it looks real good i'm really excited i i i hope silco and jinx kind of stay as a duo like do i don't like any silco... predictions about their their future uh, I, I, so in the teaser, it, there is a, like a voice line of Silco saying, Jinx, I need you. you yeah. Know? So I, I assume it's still something there. I don't I think, know okay. if Silco's going to make it through this. I, I don't think, I don't see how he can. I think it's going to come down to Jinx has to choose, you know, Vi well, or, or Silco. See, I, that's where, that's where I don't know how it's going to like. If this is going to be a self-contained story that is not canon for the game, or if this is just going to lead up to kind of like where they are in the game, right? Because uh, that's the case. Like Vi and Jinx are not on good terms in the game, you know. I gotcha. Yeah, you know, Jinx is basically a terrorist, and Vi is a cop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Jinx is she does her own thing in the game. Uh, Silco, I, I assume, is a character invented for this for for arcane right that's what it seems like anyway <clears throat> yep um but like i could definitely see like 
it just coming to like an equilibrium like there's a confrontation and there's not a good resolution to it mm, i see uh like they just kind of part ways is that because or they they end on a, a cliff oh god i hope they don't do something like that well they're gonna and, end on a cliffhanger <laughs> yeah probably i don't know I did, yeah i did, i don't know how neat and tidy they're gonna end this yeah, I don't need neat and tidy. I get, like, endings... I try not to even have any hope for endings, because they're so hard to do, and they're so rarely done well. Right. Uh, but this show's, this show's just been doing so fucking well. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, just, just based on how good the writing is and the story compositions, I assume it'll be satisfying whatever they do. Maybe. I, yeah, I hope so. Like, I, I, I don't know what I want from it. Because, obviously, Victor's going to turn into his champion. Uh, nothing's right. gonna, you know, they're not gonna kill any of the champions. So, right. you know, Vi, Kate, you know, Jinx, Singe, Victor, they're all gonna, Jace, they're all gonna be intact and in who they are in the game, presumably. Right. So that doesn't mean, that's not gonna be a happy ending for Vi and Jinx. They're still gonna be on opposite ends, I assume. Right. Uh, well, what, do, I mean, what other resolution could there be for them? I don't know. Is, she's gone. She is a, a murderer, a mass murderer, you know? Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe it's just they they stop Silco, and then Jinx is just kind of on her own then. And that's super sad. It is sad. <laughs> I don't know if I want... I don't want that as an ending. What else could it be? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we'll find out. I just love it. It's It's good stuff. All right. Well, do you have any other thoughts about Arcane Act Two? Man, go watch Prop. it. Go watch it. <laughs> or go I mean, you, I'm more. sure you've watched yeah. it. If you said, oh, yeah. oh uh, Heimendinger is a, a champion too, of course. Yeah, I want to see him. I want to see him gear up and whoop some ass. You know, I assume it won't happen. <laughs> oh, maybe. Although, I mean, we will. We will get to see Jace kick some ass. So hopefully, that's fun. Yeah. Team, team, good guys. Team Piltover. Well, so. Based on the conflict that they've set up, like, I don't know. It seems bad that Piltover would just win and Silco would lose. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, that seems like a bad resolution. Yeah. Um, I don't know I, what they're going to do. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I, it might I, feel I think, yeah, I think in League of Legends, Zaun and Piltover are two separate entities. Like, they're not, it's not, you know, the city on the hill and, the, you know, it's... Zon isn't part of Piltover anymore, you know? Yeah. So maybe they just get their independence, and that's where it ends. Like, maybe they destroy the bridges between them or something, and you just see, like... Right. You know, the, the Piltover folk on one side, and the Zon folk on the other, and there's, like, a Cold War time. Shaking their fists. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Did in the teaser, they had, uh, had Jinx out there on the bridge where all the enforcers are? Oh, something's gonna, gonna happen. Be- it's not going to be good for those enforcers. Nope. Bunch of enforcers are probably going to die. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's going to be bad. no bueno for them. Real bad. All right. Well, until then, uh, you can reach us at animatedreview.gmail.com. Do it. And we'll reach see you us. again in, boy, probably next week. Well, I don't know. Whenever we decide to record the Act 3 for uh, Arcane. Soon. Soon as it's yeah. out. Got to watch it. Okay. Dave's excited. All right. Uh, bye-bye. Goodbye. Good job, Dave. You've done so you work so hard. I like it.